Well, let me ask you this question. Excellent. Uh, you know, we do our what are you reading? What are you listening to? What are you yeah. eating lately? Uh, for the most part, junk. Although I feel like every two weeks I try to cook something to push myself, to challenge myself or whatever, treat myself. Uh-huh. Um, and do you know what I'm getting out of that? Like not enjoyment from pushing myself, challenging myself, treating myself. I realize how much I hate doing dishes. Huh. Okay. Yeah. You? I don't know if I hate doing dishes. I I'm not a big fan of cleaning up a lot of pots and pans. Like there's certain pots of dishes that it's just, I think we've discussed before, like the, uh, the value you get from the pasta is not worth the amount of dishes Word. that that are required. But, um, yeah, I've been eating so many fucking tacos over the quarantine. I can't really say I'm getting tired of them because I like tacos, but I just, I don't know. I worry sometimes. Is this a bad thing that I'm eating this many tacos? I mean, I've modified my recipes and whatnot. You know, I'm doing corn instead of flour, so they're, you know, a little lower in calories. Mm. Um, but yeah, lots, lots and lots of tacos and uh, occasional lean cuisine when I don't feel like making something. Those are soft tacos. Some sort of stir fry. Uh, well, actually, I've been cooking um, the tortillas. I've been, uh, you know, putting them in a skillet there for a little bit to harden them and up a little. Not like not them? super crunchy, but just enough to hold the shape. A little snap. Okay, right on. Yeah. And a little stir fry, you said at the end. A little okay. stir fry, yeah. Okay, nice. Mm. And uh, what's the what's the what's the like absolute like like no prep thing you're eating? Oh, that's just lean cuisine. Yeah. I just, okay. Yeah. What uh, what do you like? A sweet, like a Swedish meatball? Um. Swedish meatball. Um, there's a bunch of those like uh, they're like these like bowls that you get that mm-hmm. you can microwave that just have mm-hmm. you know it'll be like chicken pesto or um, uh, sweet and sour chicken or you know like various meals that are in bowls. Which theoretically that's not I don't know. There's a lot of probably more sodium than usual in a dish like that, just yeah. for preservatives. But overall, it's theoretically kind of healthy. Do they have like a, like a like some kind of funky adjective? Like, are they like power bowls or? or... I know they have power bowls, but no, mine are they're just called like healthy requests or something like that. Healthy know? request, yeah. <laughs> okay, like Mexican street corn, you know. Oh yeah, all right. Yeah, anyway. I mean, outside of tacos, I really don't want the word street in my food. But cool, no. Cool. Like I don't. If you offered me like street meat, I'd be like, mm, I don't know. I don't know how street I feel about hamburger. That. Yeah. <laughs> Does it taste like street? Look like street? Found on the street? What's happening here? Yeah. It's just in a bowl. It's a bunch of corn in a bowl with some other stuff. It looks like somebody drove over it. Skid marks. Cool. Yeah. All right. Anyway, shall we start the pod? Might as well. <laughs> James and I'm Marco Sparks. Are you? Are you sure? I never am. Okay. We'll find out by the end of this. This week on the pod, we will be discussing Buffy the Vampire Slayer, season five, second half yeah. of season. It's a big, how, big season. How are you feeling about Buffy after concentrated weeks of sticking at the show? Fine. How are you feeling about it? Are you getting tired of it? <laughs> I would say tired, but there are some frustrations. I don't know. 
I just I I'm kind of curious. Like I've done occasional rewatches of shows, and mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes I don't know there's like that kind of feeling. Like you know, you get to a certain point in the office, and you're like, oh, well, I'm done. I don't care about finishing this. Um, like I rewatched Community at the start of all this when it went on Netflix, and that was a very pleasant experience throughout for the most part. I wonder, like, this, is Buffy just like a, a continuously smooth thing? Is it hills and valleys? I don't know. No, I mean, we can get into that in our opening statements, but broadly speaking, I'm still enjoying myself. Um, I think we are going to take a break this next week off just because uh, I need to go finish writing the final draft of Trouble. So hopefully a week will be enough for me to kind of make some last modifications there. Um, before we get to Buffy, though, what are you watching besides a Buffy? Little, a lot of Pretty Little Liars. Sure, sure. <laughs> I don't really count that. <laughs> Other than that, I feel like I've watched occasional like old, weird, you know, smatterings of, of movies that just like, it occurred to me. Oh, I should. I, I haven't watched that in a while. I'll go watch that. And then Perry Mason. How's Perry Mason grabbing your? You caught up? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's just so. Uh, it's just fucking goofy, man. Like the last like, episode. You is, like the trial. The last episode is more mind-boggling somehow than the rest of the show was. In what ways? Well, just like, okay, again, he's now not just a lawyer. He's full-on in court. And I've made this allusion several times to you now. But, like, we had to start at this, like, kind of fumbling, like, a few good men, you know, like, oh, sorry, sorry, Your Honor. I'm not an assertive lawyer. I'm, I'm brand new. I'm literally brand new. And then it's like I felt like by the end they were finally trying to like tie the church into the rest of the quote unquote mystery. None of it's interesting. It's like, oh, they're like, oh, by the way, we still have Paul Drake on the show. Let's start making Paul Drake a character. Um, I don't know, man. It's not great. I don't love it. I guess I'm enjoying myself. I don't know. It's some of the mystery elements were like even like close to flying over my head. They're just like, check it out. The initials JH. They, they, we've had them mentioned earlier, and here they are in this title deed that Della found at the you know county clerk's office. And what does it mean? It's like, am I supposed to be following along with this, or yeah. is this being intentionally inscrutable? Because this doesn't make a ton of sense right now. Something to do with the church and money and properties the church owns, and some guy with the initials JH, and then there's like a dude living in a nice house out in the middle of nowhere who's like. We don't been wondering how long it'd take you to find me or something like that. And you're like, okay. It's 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 all gonna add up to a uh villainous monologue from Robert Patrick. I, I totally predict that it's gonna be something where the Tatiana Maslani character is like being drugged and like she she's like maybe overheard or witnessed things in like a drug state that she thinks are visions from God, but they're really like, you know, actual memories that she has. Like I think that's where it's going. Mm. The it's it's sad to me because the the woman on trial, the actress was so good on Glow. <laughs> oh, Gail Rankin. I don't think she's bad in this show. I just don't think that she's like given a ton to do in this show. Well, she just I, has I'm, to look guilty, but not too guilty. Like ashamed more than guilty, I guess. Yeah, really playing different levels of shame. Yeah, like like how much can they shame this woman? Um, I'm really tuning in for Della every week. Okay. And I'm getting less and less of Della. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, let's see. I've been watching All Be Gone in the Dark. That was a, just a depressing last episode there. Cool. Where it's all about the death of Michelle McNamara. 
Oh, fantastic. And kind of discovering that secretly she may have had like a, uh, opioid habit. Which is oh, what killed her. Yeah. Yeah. She like, I don't know. It's too much, uh, cocktail of, uh, various opioids in her system. Like fentanyl, um, I don't know. I I don't know a ton about fentanyl. They were like mentioning like, oh, one thing of fentanyl would kill a person. It's like, so what is it for exactly? Mm. <laughs> like, I don't understand why fentanyl is a thing. I guess maybe it has its uses somewhere. Yeah. I mean, I think all drugs do. Yeah. Some make uh, you big, some make you small. I still have not watched the finale of Brave New World. I've just been busy, but maybe mm. I'll get to that this week if I have any free time. Uh, other than that, that's about all I'm watching. Cool. Listening-wise, I'm still just listening to Folklore and enjoying myself. Mm. I'm glad you're enjoying yourself. Mm-hmm. What's uh, Let's say you can you can run in that album, grab three songs, and run out. What, what are you taking with you? Uh, you know, Honestly, I really like the first two. Uh, the one and Cardigan, I think, are both very solid. As mm. for a third one, I mean, Betty is obviously good, but I don't want to be basic. So I'll go ahead and say... Um, uh, the one about the affair, illicit affairs. affairs. Yeah, that's the thing about illicit affairs, huh? Okay, interesting. What about you? Uh, for sure, the one like uh, good classic feeling of like hitting play because I, I I like the idea of an album where it's like they meant for you to start at the beginning, yeah, and go to the end. I like I like that. I I miss that as I've said before. So great feeling of like, you know, some albums it's like, yeah, you know, it's was, it was all right. But I track three, I picked up. I mean, like the one grabs you right away. It's still chill. I'm into that. I feel like I should like Exile more, but I, it's, it's fine. It's fine. But it's not my, it's not my, my three. Um, my Tears Ricochet is my basic choice. Because mm-hmm. I think that's, that's just, that's just meant to be whatever your ship is in some fandom thing. That video is meant to like cut <laughs> your romance scenes together, like in a, in a music video. And then I'm going to go Invisible String. Okay. That's, that's very got, that's like a uh, wedding song. Listen again. <laughs> Lyrically, there's there's something in that song that I I used to get this kind that of emotional reaction. That song's going to play like every other wedding for the next 5 years. That's like the people who misunderstood like time of your life, I okay. think then. Um but like there's an emotional whatever uh, like from where she's coming from, the rawness of it that I used to get from like Stars albums. Mm, okay um and then other than folklore the other night i don't know man i was uh um going down memory lane and i, I listened to like semi-sonic for an hour right on remember that band yeah <laughs> or what's his name I'm who went on to like Semisonic. Stacey... dan wilson he wrote a yeah. song for uh taylor swift that's how i got onto it plus they have mm-hmm. a new ep coming out oh but, uh, really like the band semi-sonic or just uh-huh. him wow semi-sonic but I mean, like he went on to basically be like songwriter extraordinaire um, for for hire. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, he's a good songwriter. Um, mm-hmm. Big fan of Semi Sonic. Everyone myself. wants Mister Closing Time. That's what they call him. Sure. <laughs> what are you reading? Uh, I needed a palate cleanser, so I'm rereading The Murder of Roger Ackroyd. Hmm. Okay. I can't believe that they've never. And I don't want to curse things and have Kenneth Branagh go do this, but I can't believe that they've never attempted like a real movie. For well, them. I mean, I, I think it's very much the the things that make that book so memorable in the Agatha Christie canon are, I'm not sure if you could accomplish them in a movie. 
it's kind of like the narrative storytelling of a book. I, I don't know if you could necessarily reproduce that in the same way. Like, because uh, I watched the the Suchet Perot version, which they change a lot of it um, ugh, dreadfully. Um, they kind of keep the ending, but it's not as it's like it. It's not. Well, it the doesn't same. land the same way because yeah, because yeah. they change everything leading into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, so I switched over halfway to the audiobook because it's actually read by Hugh Fraser, and it's like I'm so frustrated because I'm just like he's just playing Perot straight, and it's like it's not. I, I feel like there's another reading into Perot in this book. You know, like every time he gives like Shepard, like, "Hey, can you go do this for me?" It's like I'm always like, "Oh, you're just missing that little extra edge." No spoilers. Well, I just need the big uh, mustache and some flamboyant cane work. I hope that they. I want to. I want to. Like, I guess that movie got bumped, right? Uh, presumably, De- Death on the Nile. Yeah. I want a trailer because I want to see how bad it looks. Although I hope the mustache is even bigger. I mean, I'm sure it'll. The trailer will be much like the Murder on the Orient Express. It'll be big and flashy and look expensive, and ultimately just not totally feel like it hit the mark because the director made the movie about his character instead of all the other characters. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but in murder, Roger Ackroyd really hits home to like why pro works is because he's weird and odd and, and people underestimate him the whole time. Yeah. And he's not like running and action and lean. <laughs> um, but I also, I have incredible love for the Ustinov movie and so i i know i'll be carrying that chip on my shoulder into yeah i've never seen it but uh i'm it's still a, expecting the usual from kenneth brana it's uh it's a great movie because you played perot like really goofy in this one it's like the the goofiness is kind of uh it's like a red herring um because the movie's very dark uh the story is very dark and mm-hmm. mia farrow is incredible um yeah Kenneth Branagh, by the way, uh, I'm just going to look this up to confirm. Mm-hmm. Last scene. In that movie you watched? In that movie that? I watched. Uh, yeah, last scene directing Artemis Fowl, which was god-awful. Holy shit, that movie was bad. I think I've probably mentioned on the pod before. But, uh, man, Josh Gad in that movie. Oof. It's it's so bad that there are just like these like expositionary scenes with him talking to the camera in black and white for some reason, just mm-hmm. about the main character and like telling you this story. It's so clearly like these were shot later to try to trim down the plot of the movie. I don't know. It's so bad. I'm picturing like a B movie version of the opening of um, inside man. Instead of Clive Owen, it's Josh Gatt and, and much worse than that. Much worse. Does he have like, like some kind of weird prosthetic? He's kind of dressed like Hagrid. He's like, he's supposed to be a dwarf, but he's like too big. He's like a big dwarf because he's human size, and there's like a couple jokes about that. It's bad. So there's like there's like downside on the filming of Murder on Express, and he's just like, oh hey Josh, hey Daisy, I'm doing this movie next, and Josh Gad's like, I'm in, and Daisy Ridley's like, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be doing I've, voice work. I've already done one train wreck. <laughs> franchise movie that ended you know with two other movies and they were pretty good all right uh what are you reading oh wait you just told me sorry uh yeah so i'm still reading the night country i'm like halfway through it this is an odd book 
so far mm-hmm. because it it doesn't really feel like it's hit the typical beats you'd expect in a book. Like what's our big exciting or uh, inciting incident. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I, I'm halfway through and I'm still not really sure where the story is going. Like the characters might be about to embark on a quest or they might not be um, mm. like, I don't know. It's, it's just, it feels very amorphous. Um, like the structure of it's very strange. It's just kind of like, here's the lots of continuing scenes and, there's the main character and she has like a mercurial best friend who doesn't even seem to like her. And they just kind of like interact occasionally. And then like the friend will just like take off in a huff. And it's like, is this going somewhere eventually? I don't know. I'll finish it. I hate mercurial best friends. Yeah. I feel you. Anyway, shall we talk about Buffy the Vampire Slayer season five part two? We absolutely should. Absolutely should. Why don't you go ahead and hit us up with your opening statement? Uh, I did all my notes well in advance because of um, other things we had to do this week. So I totally forgot to write an opening statement. But basically, this I, is... I, I like how you're like, I did all my notes in advance, but I don't have my notes. When do you do your opening statement? Is it last? Uh, it it kind of depends. Sometimes I'll do it before I, the moments I rank, sometimes after. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, I literally, I do the document almost like, you know, like literally, like it's uh, or, or temporally through, um, you know, the rankings last, mm-hmm. et cetera. And I always think, okay, I need to go back and do my opening statement. Um, in a lot of ways, though, this is peak TV. This felt, uh, for me, it felt like seriously the end of one age of me as a viewer, as appreciator, as a consumer of of this kind of narrative fiction. And like, like I as a consumer and the viewer d- jumped off this bridge and this portal and was reborn into a new kind of, I don't know, uh, appreciator of fiction. I-, I don't know how douchey I can make this sound. Um, there's some highs to, to Buffy the Vampire Slayer season five's ending, um, both creatively um, and what this, what the television format can do, what you can expect from this show, the acting, the storyline. Um, there's some lows just in character work and stuff. Um it's not a mixed bag though. It's um it's it's mostly good. It's inc- it's incredibly positive. I I still love this show. Um I just I guess I feel like what I was saying earlier, I feel like I'm on the emotional rails um at times of the show. You know, like parts of this these episodes hit me now in ways that they, they didn't when it first aired. So yeah. Take it over. All right. I feel like we might be coming at this episode or this uh this season from different angles. Um cool. for me this was the moment. This was when Buffy transitioned from having consistently solid seasons to having big swings in quality. Uh, some episodes like the body are all timers and others are just kind of there to move the plot along for the season. Uh, everything about Gloria's power set and her tie to Ben seemed designed to present a big threat, but also prevent a final confrontation until the finale mm. uh, of the three episodes we watch. I think the body and the gif are both fantastic. And spiral is kind of what the fuck. I mean, there's some cool action, sure, but it doesn't really feel like it has that deeper level that you want from, want from Buffy. Um, mm. It's just a lot of plot and info dumping. Finale was designed to be a series ender as well, and I think it would have been a pretty good one, um, mm. but I am glad that the show came back because we got, if nothing else, once more with feeling. Uh, mm. There are times when I think that uh, Don slash Michelle Trachtenberg doesn't quite have the range to pull off some for emotional moments, but I think when Sir Michelle Geller is there with her, the drama hits. Uh, the final scene before Buffy's sacrifice kind of finally sells their sisterly bond and 
think you feel the relief and the tragedy of Buffy's final victory. Overall, I'd say it's a season with a lot of good ideas and some great moments, even if the execution and connective tissue wasn't always there. In statement. Yeah, what I mean is, I mean, do you, I, I feel like you probably secretly agree with me, even though you have to phrase it differently. Like, do you not feel like you, though, like this elevated you to a certain level? And so, yes, season six definitely fell a lot more flat, but like, I don't know. Not, do you not, not really, feel, no. Like, if I, like, like if I were to rank the seasons seen now, like I, the body? I, might, I might put six higher than five, honestly. All right, I'm not talking necessarily about the show, but I mean, like, yeah. you as a viewer, did you not think, like, oh my God, I've seen the body and I've seen the gift? And like, I really know what incredible TV could look like. I guess I didn't have quite that reaction. No, I mean, I think the body is an excellent episode of television, and I think the gift was a great finale. But I wasn't. I didn't feel like I had transcended the mortal coil or anything with this show. All right, cool. Well, one of us is alive, and the other's not. That's yeah. Cool. Well, I hope it doesn't become weird if our top moments. <laughs> uh, let's see. Why don't we move on to the body? I have, as usual, five. Well, top we're not moments. supposed to move the body, though, James. Was that an accent? Is no, that like you're Buffy. No, that wasn't. I don't <laughs> know what that was. I'm tired. Um, yeah. So February 27, 2001. This is like this is not just like a sweeps episode. It's that classic, like you know, you know, it's really good at the end of sweeps. <laughs> like the first three weeks. Of I mean, it is weird okay. to describe this as a sweeps episode. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, written directed by Joss Whedon. I I kind of wonder though, like. Was this why he was checked out for other parts of the season? Like, well, he's doing like Angel at this point, and I think working on, or I don't know, I'm not sure if Firefly was Probably coming awful. yet. So, what did you say this was? 2001. Yeah. Let's see, it's Firefly. It's probably in the offing because I think Firefly was, was like late 2001, was when it aired. So, let's see. No, 2002. Okay, so it's still a little. He's probably like just in the beginning stages of Firefly, I guess. I mean, because you know, a TV show, for a TV show to start, there's like yeah. probably like eighteen months of development leading. Yeah, so he's, he's probably at least in development for Firefly at some point in the production here. Hmm. Um, yeah, I've have five moments here for the body. <laughs> Twelve. <What? laughs> Twelve. Okay. I'll try to be quick. Okay. Uh, Number 12, at the start of the third act, the way Tara looks at Willow, like Willow, like lost in this reverie is like Tara just watches her girlfriend, like struggling to figure out what to wear. I just love that little quick moment. Uh, 11, down in the high school bathroom, like one of Dawn's last, like innocent teenage moments. And she's like, Christy's like, yeah, Christy, you know, what a primo biatch. Uh, I swear if I could make her head explode using just the power of my mind. That's what I'd be doing right now. It's maybe one of my favorite Dawn moments. Um, 10, Buffy comes home and finds Joyce and just the mom. Mom, mommy, nine, two moms together. Uh, Buffy, she says to the operator, uh, she's cold. And the operator says, the body's cold. And she says, no, my mom. And then also uh, her face, the panic when like the EMTs come in and she has to like run over and like fix her mom's skirt. Eight, last Christmas, the hard cut from the pie slipping off the counter to the body. Seven, uh, Buffy and Tara at the morgue together. I really enjoyed that little moment between the two of them. This is when I like finally started like love and appreciate Tara and like, like kind of, I don't know, take her almost out of the group in a different way and have her observe them. Six, the um, utterly hopeful and deceptive moment where you think the EMTs have saved Joyce's life. It's all like in six shots. You know, she's breathing. The EMT says it's a miracle, a beautiful miracle. And then like Joyce and Buffy and Dawn 
in the hospital room with the doctor and but doctor's like good as new and joyce is like oh buffy thank god you found me like hard cut to buffy's face realizing this fantasy will not come true what's your number five Sneezy. all right uh my number five it's uh at the end of the episode when don says is she cold buffy says it's not her it's not her and don says where'd she go mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. nice kind of understated way to end the episode with her not reaching a hand, but not quite touching Joyce. Yeah. Um, number five uh, in the final act is when um, Buffy's like met the coroner after the autopsy and he's told her, you know, how Joyce died. It probably was sudden about pain and like Buffy's feeling this. Um, and she's like, are you sure there wasn't any pain? He's like, absolutely. And then he's saying something else, but you know, we don't hear what he's actually saying. We just hear Buffy's in her head, hearing him say, I have to lie to you to make you feel better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see my number four uh just some stuff with willow uh the you know why do all my shirts have to have stupid things on them why can't i just dress like a grown-up can't mm-hmm. i be a grown-up uh great stuff yeah i think and it's interesting too because you could definitely argue that like in the past the show's kind of infantilized willow and here it's like she's she's definitely got that cute younger vibe but she's also she's an immature adult in her own way, like looking at herself and feeling in this moment of grief. I don't know. Like we'll just disconnect from herself. Willis. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so similarly, uh, my number four is in Willow's dorm room when like Xander's freaking out, like glory did this. He's like spiraling, needs someone to blame. Maybe the doctors did that, you know, giving Joyce that hydrocloxychloroquine. Uh, and then Willow just diffuses with cuteness. She's just like, okay. And she like puts her dukes up. Come on, you and me, come on. And he's just like, you know, I can't take you. <laughs> Yeah, it's a nice moment. Uh, number three, you already mentioned this one. Just the brutal fake out with Joyce being all better, where she suddenly, you know, coughs and breathes, and then it's a ride to the hospital, and then the shot of her in the hospital bed. Oh, it's thank God we got to you in time, and all that, and then just like cut to her dead body. Fuck. Yeah. Uh, three, Anya's monologue in Willow's dorm room. You know, she doesn't understand what's happening. How is going to be allowed to happen? What they're supposed to do? And Xander won't tell her anything. And everyone else just seems to get it, understand it. And she's just kind of left on her own. Yeah, that's my number two. Um, just the transition from like, is Anya just being horrible? You know, Will is just like, God, could you just stop? And, and then we kind of get the the turn there where Anya isn't just being like obtuse for comedy relief. She's actually like completely. Like she doesn't know how to process this this mortality. Mm-hmm. And I really love this episode, just the way it's structured with the similar to the restless with like the vignettes. You know, yeah. each act it's like a one act play. Um, number two is when Giles shows up at the house and like you know Buffy's like slowly then sharply pulled out of her shock and she has to yell like no 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 we're not supposed to move the body, and she like covers her mouth in horror as she realizes she's just referred to her mother as a as a body you know shell which the spirit's vacated and it's just like it's devastating to her. Yeah, that's my number one. We're not supposed to move the body. Uh, and really just kind of as a capper on that whole first act, which is probably the most terrifying thing Joss Whedon's ever written and directed. Um, just the way all the details, like the the ambient noises, the use of sound in it, there's like no score, like, you know, things like adjusting her mom's dress, like the rib cage breaking, the way she just throws up at one point. Um, God, all that. It's just it's like completely unflinching. Like there's, there's no distance between you and Joyce's death at all. Mm-hmm. You're feeling all of it. Yeah. The, the, yeah. It's like a great, 
Like Bergman. Right, a lot moment. of it's like all one shot for a while. Yeah, there's a great like Bergman-esque moment as she opens the back door and like she's just like sweaty and clammy, and you uh-huh. just hear the sounds of like wind and wind chimes and like children playing yeah. in the distance, and it's like she's just so separate just, from that world. Just life happening outside, yeah. Um, and then my number one is one you mentioned already, but for me it's number one. Uh, the 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 con like we've just been on this ride, you know, and it's it's been very real, like sh- sharply way too real, and then it's like gone crazy almost parody like back into the world of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and at the end it's just it's just the two of them in the morgue as like the the sheet's been pulled off the body and Dawn finally gets to see her mother and like slowly reaches for her and we cut before she makes contact yeah this is a heavy episode yeah yeah probably I don't know made at least somewhat heavier in in the time of COVID um I don't know I feel Feels like in general mortality is a little closer to us all these yeah. days. That membrane is thin. Yeah, yeah. People wanted us to do this though, so you know we'll do what we yeah. can with it. Sick. Fuck. This is a rough episode, man. It's a great episode, but yeah, it makes you feel it. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's do what we can to dive in here. <laughs> so no previously on. This is Buffy comes home from the end of the previous episode. Yeah, I I should ask you. Did you watch any of the other episodes? No, not really, sadly. Okay. I, I watched like maybe half the other episodes. Um, I watched the one before this, I Was Made to Love You. I tried to watch Crush, mm. and it was just such a massive douche chill, like right from the start with Spike, that like, I could not do it. Yeah. Um, where he, like, he just like shows up, kind of like dressed like, like, I don't know, more fashionably or whatever, you know, like, he ditches the coat and whatnot, and mm. he's like trying to just like make small talk with Buffy, and it's, uh, it's just rough i don't know i i'll have more to say on spike later i guess beyond this episode it's funny how they go to that well twice of spike because there's a there's you know a pretty big moment in the start of season seven where he's trying to be different so he's like wearing different clothes yeah and it, it doesn't work um, um i was made to love you is a pretty good episode yeah um that would have been really weird if that was britney spears playing that role it's always darkest before though mm-hmm and Warren, God, just oh. right from the beginning, what a complete asshole. Doesn't he like eventually murder his girlfriend? That's like in season six, um, right? Yeah, kind of like but accidentally. First, but first, they brainwash her to be. I, I like, don't know if it's like, like a sex slave. He's like a mind control ray on her. Or something yeah, like, like that, she right? has. She's actually like she comes to like wearing a maid's outfit in yeah. the Troika's like lair. Um, that is not like I I saw like that clip on YouTube a week or two back, and it's like that hits a lot grosser. Well, and I I do think that they were a little bit ahead of their time on the show of going after the kind of like nice guy, misogynist, mm-hmm. like nerd character. Yeah, because that was definitely like a big thing, like in in the two thousands into the obviously the two thousand tens. But like I think they were a little ahead of their time, kind of like analyzing all the problems with that sort of, you know, nice guy misogyny. The mm-hmm. guy, I mean, Xander basically is that character in the, you know, first few seasons of the show. Um, Cause even they, I think, I think even the writers are like unaware of the, the problems with that trope. And then they eventually start to address them, not through Xander really, but through those other characters. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cause Xander starts to fade into the background, especially as Spike becomes romantically. I mean, is it like, is it like Xander's, 
not as bad as them because he is exposed to women and gets to see them as people who will push back on his bullshit. Where I mean, like, the I guess we'll have to just... see. I guess we'll have to see if they really address it at all. I mean, Xander is even in "I Was Made to Love You." That episode's weird because like half the episode, he has these like really great friendship moments with Buffy, mm-hmm. where he's kind of like building her up and like being a good supportive friend. And then, like, the robot stuff, he's just like, I mean, sex bot. I mean, come on, guys, right? Like, if Oz was here, he'd back me up. And it's just like, Jesus, Jander. Read the room. I mean, this is there's a storyline in this season where there's literally a robot doppelganger for sex Uh of the main character. Well, it's like when Yowza. <laughs> when uh, Warren's boy girlfriend finds out about the robot, and the first thing he says is it wasn't just for sex. <laughs> oh boy! Yeah, uh, I do wonder if Warren should have been more of a character this season. Like, I don't know. I'll, I'll save my thoughts for later, but I have some ideas on what they could have done with Warren. Uh, Killed him faster. Yeah, <laughs> in a in less happy news. Buffy walks in and just the the way you just see her mom's prone body mm-hmm. behind her blurred out still fucking terrifying. Yeah. And then like when we we go over to her just the way her eyes are just like locked in place like it's really really creepy. Apparently not here. There's like one point later where the only error is that she like blinked once so they had to take it out with CGI. Yeah. That's fine. I mean, can you imagine just like, I don't know, I feel like playing dead with the camera like for an extended period of time is a lot harder than you realize. I'm trying to think. It might have been the Scott Pilgrim reread thing. I think that, I think that's what it was where like, you know, it's the actors are there with Edgar Wright and they're joking about having to redo takes because they were blinking and whatnot and like what a pain in the ass it was. And they're like, oh, well, now you can just CGI it out. So I'm probably sure that makes actors jobs a little bit easier for stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so we get a after the credits, we get a, uh, um, a flashback to last Christmas. Um, so was this last Christmas? I wasn't I sure th- if this was also like an imaginary thing. Well, I mean, if it was real, it was the previous Christmas. I think just based uh-huh. on who's there and, and hairstyles. But uh, that's that's a good point. I mean, the scene is it's it's a lovely little moment. Um, it's there because Joss Whedon said he didn't want credits playing over that first act. That makes sense. That- um, so everyone's like just eating and it's delicious and uh Joyce Buffy and Giles take some plates to the kitchen and like the rest of the Scooby gang is like teasing Dawn about Santa Claus and she's like, Duh, I've hit puberty, I don't believe in Santa. And I just love like Anya's like, That's a myth. No, it's a myth that it's a myth. Oh, there's a Santa Claus. He eats children. <laughs> yeah. I like the bit with Tara where Willow says, Oh, I had too much nog and Tara goes, Oh baby, you want me to rub your tummy? She likes it when I uh so stop explaining things. <laughs> Um, and there's a great bit too where because it's interesting the the perspective of this because presumably if it's a flashback or if it's a fantasy or a dream or whatever it's Buffy's and so it's kind of interesting how they have her come back to this conversation to get some plates and she has this kind of like oh you guys yeah expression on her yeah. face so like to no more bank in- candy for you yeah well, I mean, I mean, just like the Scooby Gang at the table, it's like tying it back into like she can easily imagine her friends having this conversation. Uh-huh. Yeah. So then the band candy of of Giles, Joy, uh, Giles and Joyce, no, do we dare? So they're gonna have some 
another bottle of wine and some pie and the two ladies, the summer's ladies go to slice that pie and it Oh, let's just falls. cut off the crush and then bam. I mean, this is such classic Joss Whedon. He's just like, I want to twist the knife harder. Mm-hmm. I'm going to like give you this really happy scene. It's a holiday. Oh, look at Buffy and her mom. They're getting along well. Isn't this nice? Boom, dead. You know? Well, so I think getting your nervous system ready for like a lot of hard cuts to, to shucks. Yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, this whole sequence where she's—it's all in one shot. She's shaking her mom. She's running over to the phone. Like it's really going through all the sets in the house. It's pretty effective, and, and like she's trying moves. to do CPR, and it's—it's it's just completely unflinching. Like we're getting the whole thing. You know, we hear the whole call with the uh, the nine one one dispatcher. Where she's trying to give the address and say that her mom's not, you know, breathing and god mm-hmm. it's, a, mm-hmm. it's a fucking nightmare yeah and then just the the horror when she like hears something snap yeah um yeah so she's like almost in zombie mode at one point and then she's just like the way she like ends the call she's like i have to make a call well where she's like she gets back on the phone so she's cold and the dispatcher says the body is cold and she's like no my mom should I should I make her warm and then you, you can hear the pause from the dispatcher because they know exactly obviously what what has happened here and they're like no if she's not responding to CPR best thing to do is wait for the paramedics yeah uh, so she calls Giles and he, she's just like Giles you have to come she's at the house yeah it's super creepy the kind of like close up shot on the phone is she's just staring at it for yeah. like a good ten seconds like she's like almost disassociative at this point yeah the the way that that simple camera stuff is able to capture like this kind of just emotional resonance of the things that you feel when you're kind of on the shock floating. of it yeah. yeah um you hear the the sirens of the ambulance coming uh it's maybe here when you realize that it's only going to be diegetic sound in this episode with no score yeah just hearing the wind chimes and and then there's this uh, kind of like quick zoom in on the body and then on Buffy. It's kind of like f- maybe for like a split second, the reality of the situation has escaped her. Mm-hmm. And she comes back in and sees the body and she's right back in her shock. Mm-hmm. I, I really love the, um, the EMTs, the way we almost really never see a good look at them. No. Like it, it's all subjective. So like when the guy's talking to her, he kind of like swims into focus in front of her and then it's like a lot of shots of like we're just see from his mouth down or we see from like over the side of his shoulder you know it's like it's like she's not even looking and and we right with her like not even registering what they're saying to her yeah um i just love the way you see them come in and get to work like they move the table they start checking for the pulse they lay on the carpet they're giving her oxygen they're asking buffy questions um and that's when you get that like just that little like fantasy in six shots uh-huh. that like they might save her. And I mean, you're so into it and you know, you're, you're a savvy TV viewer, but like when you're first watching this, there's a part of you that's like generally hopeful and thinking, Oh, well, yeah. you know, whatever the thing is, that'll happen later. Like, Nope. Buffy, thank uh, God you found me in time. And then just like cut back and they're just doing CPR. And then the one dude's just like, man, she's cold. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So the the EMP that tells her, you know, like the oh, this is cold blooded. Like we're just we're gonna have to leave you. Here yeah, they the get body. well, they get another call. You know, yeah. 
another emergency and they're like i'm sorry to have to be the one to tell you your mother's dead and like buffy's just not comprehending i I love the way we only see his mouth speak like i mentioned like it's so it's not the way you would normally frame it at all but we're so inside her head for this it's like super effective Mm. well just in the the fact that the coroner's office will be along in a while it could be a while they'll determine the actual cause of death and it's just like you're going to be here with the body for a while. So um, the camera focuses around them. They, they leave. Um, I, I think too, like this is, we talked about a little while ago of like COVID and you know, obviously this is the grief of like losing a family member or what have you. And so a lot of people know what that feels like or some variation of that. But I think in general, we see this in COVID, like everyone breaks at some point and it's always different. You know, you can't be strong all the time. And, and these parts of you leak out in different ways. And, even even our vampire slayer here. Um, yeah, she slowly walks into the other room and just throws up. Yeah. Oh, I love the the childlike way when they're walking away and she they're driving off and she's just like, "Good luck." Yeah, good luck. Um. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we hear the wind chimes, the breeze coming in through the back door, that sweat and clamminess on her face, kids playing, and then she just gets some, a lot of paper towels and just like sets it on the vomit, and we watch as the vomit soaks into the paper towels. Oh, and just like that that's where her mind would be still to be like, oh, I better clean this up. Mm-hmm. You know, like she's she's in such a daze right now. Yeah. It was like a sound of almost like a tide rising. And then we cut out as Giles arrives in a panic. And he's just like, Buffy, what is this? Is it glory? And she's just like, I'm waiting. The coroner's coming. And I have to go. Then Giles on. finally looks over. Yeah. Yeah. And he's just like, oh, God. Yeah, he wants to go help because, I mean, he doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't know that Joyce has, like, you know, been pronounced dead. Well, and uh, only here does Buffy really start to break down. I mean, the acting by Sarah Michelle Gellar here to play it so dazed and shocked, you know, like, not just going for the big, you know, cry scene right off the bat there. Like, it's really restrained. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So like said, every every shot of Joyce in this, too, is, like, haunting the way her eyes are just staring up, staring up like that. Oh, it's almost... As the episode progresses, especially like the start of each act, it's almost punishing. Like you're seeing the journey of the body. Yeah, Yeah, you're seeing the journey of the body post death. But like, oh god, it's just like a grim reminder. This is not being undone. Um, Yeah, we come back after commercial, and they're zipping her up in the body bag, and then it's cut to Dawn crying. And I don't know. This is one of those moments where at first I was like, man, I don't know. This is a little rough. But then we find out it's just over boy, and so I'm like, okay, like. I guess her her kind of maybe too performative crying makes a little more sense here, you know. Yeah, yeah. I I I love the way this episode is structured. This is I don't know. It just reminded me. It's a completely different tone, different subject matter. That that one episode in Mister Robot's final season, I was really frustrated when every time you came back from commercial, they would announce in a big, huge card like, like chapter title. Yeah. yeah, Act Four. It's like <laughs> oh, fucking get to it. Um, <laughs> I had totally forgot about the scene, honestly. Like I totally didn't remember the whole Don at her school thing. And it's it's more Joss Whedon being like, We're really gonna let you sit in this for a little while and get comfortable knowing there's a tragedy coming and you're just waiting for that axe to fall. Well and he, he teases you going into it because because Don's first line is like, Oh god, I can't believe it. And her friend's like, yeah. It's not that bad. And Don's like, How can you say it's not that bad? And you're like Holy fuck, what is happening here, you cruel son of a yeah, bitch? Kevin Berman called me a freak, yeah. Yeah, because uh, Chrissy, that primo biatch, told everyone that Dawn's into cutting herself. Um, she had, in the previous episode, figured out that she was a key and she cut herself. 
uh, to, to, I don't know, prove that she was human. We've all been there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like I said, maybe like, I don't know, one of my favorite Dawn moments. Like this is like, again, I think I was complaining last week. Like they so wanted her to be a certain type of archetype. They never made her a character <laughs> in the, in the little moments and the down moments. And it's like here, I believe that she is this, this girl of this age. Um, and it's, it's the tragedy is about to wash over her. Um, well, she's experiencing like a very normal, what junior high moment, I guess. Um, uh, I'm pretty sure this is high school. I thought she's a freshman in season seven is with, she? The, with the brand new Sunnydale high. I guess. Um, but yeah. So her, her friends like, you know, checking her for like uh, being clear of cry face. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the, the, like, the oh. passive aggressive nice fight with Christy. Well, and she has like this conversation with this tool who she's got like crush on, you know. Kevin. And just, yeah. Kirsty, man. It's like she thinks everybody should just bow down to me. And I'm like, whatever. And like Dawn has this like like cute smile, like, haha. And then in the background, Buffy walks by and you're like, Oh fuck. Kevin of his big floppy Ben hair and like his like yeah. army jacket. Uh, the the teacher is funny. She's like, remember. We're not drawing the object. We're drawing the negative space around the object. I thought the teacher is pretty good just in her reactions here. And Especially like, at the end he, of the act. Yeah. Well, because you see Buffy talking to her and then and then Buffy comes over and she's like, Don, like, we need to go. I have to talk to you. And the teacher just has this horrified look on her face. Well, and and, and true to to Don's experience, like she constantly feels like there's something going on that Buffy's dragging her along to or protecting her from or not telling her. And Buffy clearly wants to get her out of here before she tells her. Yeah. And, and Dawn is like going Fighting to it. fight that. Yeah. yeah. And so they end up going out outside the classroom, but there's like these big windows and it's just the whole class watches Dawn slowly break down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Moving closer. And then we kind of, we kind of come back to her drawing. Um, also that bitch Christie's out there just to feast on this like a vulture. I mean, it, it is a complete breakdown too. Yeah, yeah, like she's on the floor sobbing. Yeah, and Dawn's drawing is not too bad. She really captured the body. Um, so after commercial, we get a shot of Joyce laying on the autopsy table, looking up at us. As uh, they cut off her, uh, like her shirt and her yeah. slip, yeah. Um, and then we're looking at Tara as she's like watching Willow. Um, like Tara, the empath in this this scene is just really interesting the way she just like feels people's pain and is there to observe it well i think we already knew but it's brought up in this episode that her mom died when she was younger so yeah tara has at least some experience with this yeah yeah yeah. um and then the nice shot of just like anya in the car on the way over just so alone and isolated in the passenger seat and they're just not even saying anything to her and xander yeah, and then just uh, well, and you, you get to kind of get a sense of Xander's mood as he like double parks, and she's like, you know, you, you shouldn't do that, and he's just like, yeah, let them give me a ticket. And it's like, yeah, he'll get a ticket at the end of this. Willow has a lot of angst about what she should wear. She really wanted the blue sweater. Joyce liked that one. Mm-hmm. Purple seems too uh, royal, too too mournful, and then too royal. You know, <laughs> like she's showing Joyce up or something. I like that. This is when we get their like first real kiss. There is a lot of smooching, yeah. What a difference a year makes in, in the world. Well, they're allowed to to have lots of kissing now. I can't remember his exact reasoning, but he said something where he had to put it in this episode because here the the network couldn't cut it. 
or something sure. like that. Like he had some reasoning for why they couldn't cut it out of this episode, but they could in a normal episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, yeah, so Willow needs comforting and Tara's there for her. Um, you know, and you get to see her really like comforting her girlfriend and kissing her lovingly. Um, and you know, Willow's like, I need to be there for Buffy and Dawn. And this is like the first of like several instances where somebody's just like, Oh shit, I didn't even think about Dawn. Like it's kind of uh like meta funny. Like everyone's has to be reminded of Dawn in a way. The the not real character who's like a an add-on to their memories. Well, you get the setup of be strong being Amazon. Yeah, which which, which will evil... get called back in uh conversations with dead people, right? Yeah, yeah. The first evil yeah. is gonna use this against Willow. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, then Xander on you coming up the stairs. They just look fucking miserable. Like he is incredibly sullen and she's confused. Oof. Um like reasonably Anya just keeps asking, like, what are we gonna do? What are we supposed to do? And and he just like, like are we gonna see the body? Yeah. Are they like, gonna equal, cut open the body? Equal parts like contempt and confusion. Um Sander cried at the apartment. It was weird. Well, Willow's like disgusted. She's like, Yeah, it's a thing we do. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Willow's never really taken to Anya. No. No, but fucking somehow she signed off on Riley right away. Whatever. Yeah. Um yeah, and again, I think Xander also like has to be reminded of Dawn. Um, and it, it's, it plays on multiple levels. Like I said, the one where like you know here's this new character who's like an add-on to their memories, but also Buffy's their friend. That's where their first concern is, and then like oh shit, you know. Um, and then just uh, Tara being like, "Do you guys know how to get to the morgue?" And Xander's just like, "Yeah, we know how to get to the morgue. <laughs> it's part of our usual thing." Yeah, that's um kind of reminded me in a weird way of that last episode of all be gone in the dark. Um, Pat Oswald says that, you know, it was during the day when his daughter's at school that they found the body of his wife. And he says that they called the school and the school principal told him like, don't tell your daughter when she comes home, like don't spring that on her, like give her a day and then tell her tomorrow. Mm. Obviously Don did not get that luxury. She's a little too old for that, I guess. Have you ever been in a class where one of your classmates has gotten? Um, Not that I'm aware of, no. My senior year. Uh, so there, my senior year, that school um, that I went to high school in Virginia, there was an intercom thing where it was very kind of like now that I think about it, creepy, where it's like the office could just broadcast into the classroom. Oh, sure. Yeah. But they could also that. hear without like a teacher having to press a button or something. So like okay. theoretically, they could just like turn on a microphone, you know, unbeknownst to to any classroom and just hear. Um, but usually, what they would do is they would broadcast in through the loudspeaker to that particular classroom to tell the teacher, "Pick up the phone. We have to tell you something." Mm-hmm. Um, and so they did that. They were like, you know, whatever teacher, like, could you pick up the line? And the teacher picked up the the phone, but forgot to hit a certain Oof. button. Oof! And so we're hearing the person say, "Need to tell this girl that her father died." Jesus Christ. And of course, everyone just sharply looks at this girl. Yeah. This yeah. is before we've been trained by cringe media to just like kind of gym face it. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, I felt so bad for that girl. Um, anyway. So they've, they've almost gotten to okay in this moment. The kind of ebbs and flows of the scene. This is when Anya bluntly asks, are we going to see the body? Are we going to be in a room with a dead body? And Willow just freaks oh, out. I think it's after Xander, Xander leaves, doesn't he? No, uh, Tara leaves to go. Tara, check Tara the, leaves. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Still looking for the blue sweater. I like how Willow just keeps changing clothes throughout this whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then this is when uh, she's just like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. 
would you stop talking? Just shut your mouth, please. And she just has this great little monologue about how this is this is stupid. This is mortal and stupid. And you know, Xander's crying and, and I was having fruit punch. And I thought, well, Joyce will never have any more fruit punch ever. And she'll never eggs or yawn or brush her hair. No one will explain to me why. And then uh when Ani goes to sit down on this like little like pillow chair here. Um, <laughs> kind of just in the background, nobody notices. She's like, Oh, what's this underneath me? And she pulls out the blue sweater that Willow's been looking for through this whole scene and just like puts it in the drawer. Yeah, and like it's 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 not like oh there's my sweater you know it's just like something that Willow won't notice and she'll end up wearing something else. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Xander paces. We see Willow on the bed, and then we hear crash. And we pan over and see that Xander's punched a hole in the wall. Now his hand is stuck. Yeah, poor um, shoddy, shoddy workmanship. He says, uh, you know, Ani of course is worried that he could have hurt himself. I like Willow's just like, did it make you feel better? And he's like, well, for a second there, and she's like, a whole second. Oh, and then we see his hand and it's bloody. And then a uh, interesting moment here it pans up from the bloody hand to Tara and she goes, it hurts. And then she smiles at him. Yeah. Um, and it, it calms him. It calms him. And almost like this whole thing of them being concerned, like, oh, we got to get your hand out of the wall. It's on the one hand, it's like stupid to punch a wall. But mm-hmm. on the other hand, this distracted them for a little while. Yeah. So they're they're thinking about something else, something they can deal with. Well, and I feel like we had that episode with Tara's family, and yet this little small moment in this otherwise heavy episode about like real grief, like it made people be like, "Oh, I wonder if Tara's got some kind of like empathic powers or whatever." And it's like, who knows, man? Maybe yeah. maybe that she just shared a look of a guy, and it like made him feel better because um, she she's been there. She knows what's going on with these people. Yeah. Um, and then they all they all file out and leave, and we kind of hold on the door. And then Will comes running back in to grab a different shirt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then out the uh, window there, we see that the car is getting a ticket. As uh, as Ender says, the Avengers got to get with the assembling. Yeah. And yeah. Another shot of the body. The autopsy has been done. It looks like they've sawed a hole in the side of her head. Yeah, they're like chucking, take, taking a chunk out of there. Yeah. Yeah. And then we're going to follow this doctor down through a whole hallway from the morgue back into the hospital. We kind of like see him like kind of like mentally prepare himself to go talk to Buffy and Mm -hmm. company. Well, and and gives us the geography of where this act will end. But like this had to be real. This is too big to be a set. Yeah, it's got to be like a a hospital that Fox has or something like that. Um, Yeah. so the gang's reunited. They're all hugging. You know, uh, Anya just like throws herself into a hug with Giles because she needs it. Well, in this moment, while I was watching it, I was kind of curious to be like, is anyone going to hug Anya? Because like you see other people hugging, you know, Will and Buffy are hugging, Xander and Giles hug. And it's like Anya's just standing there. And then like right when you're starting to think, is anyone going to hug her? Boom, she hugs Giles. Mm-hmm. Um, so Buffy, Dawn, and Giles, like Giles as like the surrogate father figure, they go talk to the coroner. And of course in this thread of, of her narrative, Dawn's just like, her first words are, can we see her? And Dawn, and Buffy's like, Dawn, not now. And Dawn just like, fuck. <laughs> um, Cause I mean, like it's, it's a very real thing. Like, like there's something not for everybody, but for a lot of people, there's something about seeing the body. Well, I think also for Dawn, she's all felt like things are being kept from her. Yeah. And yeah. that there are things that she isn't being told. And so it's like, she doesn't believe it until she can see it. Which is, which is very real to like a lot of, a lot of people's grief process. But the way that kind of nicely sits side by side with Dawn's storylines this season is, I don't know, almost 
criminally good. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, so the coroner says, yeah, it looks like the EMTs are right. She probably had an aneurysm. Probably wasn't any pain. It was probably sudden. Um, right. Ruptured if, artery near the, the e- Even if someone know, had been there, it's doubtful they could have done anything. So, of course, Buffy replays her vision. Like, she's going to carry that, like, small amount of guilt. What if I had been there forever? Um, yeah, it's it's pretty haunting the way Joyce is just like, ooh, my head, and she kind of sits down. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and this is the moment where he's, you know, she's asking about pain. He's like, absolutely. And then, like, whatever he's saying, she she imagines him saying, I have to lie to make you feel better. And she kind of gets that, uh, yeah. whether it's true or not. And Giles is just like, look, I'll handle all the details. And he's like, sure, Buffy's going to need to sign some stuff. And he's just like, fine, but let me, you know, yeah, yeah. I'll handle it. I'll bring out something over her to sign when necessary, basically. Well, and, and that's that's the real thing, too. It's like you're desperate to be like, let me take on some burden from this person as much as possible. Um, Yeah, so like Dawn doesn't like being treated like a child, doesn't want to get shot down. She wants to see her mom. Um, And then this is the worst. She's just like, I've got to go pee. And Buffy's like, do you want someone to go with you? <laughs> she's like, no, I still remember how to pee. And then Buffy's after she leaves, Buffy's like, yeah, I think she's mad at me. <laughs> Aneurysms, man. That's the Archer's, Archer's number one fear, right? Alligators. Or was it alligators, crocodiles, and aneurysms? Yeah. You know, speaking of tangentially of Buffy, I think you and I have talked about this like IRL before. You know what's what death is like surprisingly rough? Um uh, no, hit me. Lauren from Angel. Do you remember that? Um, Andy Hallett, I think his name is. Oh, you mean the the actor? The actor, I mean. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, from like tooth infection com- complications they, that arose after a bad tooth infection. Yeah, got to his heart. The yeah. infection got to his heart. That's that's like keep your teeth clean. It's scary. Yeah, I think about that too because you went to the dentist during the pandemic. Um, yeah, I went to the dentist. I don't know, thirteen days ago now. Is it? Am I knocking on wood? Am I going to jinx myself if I say I? Probably don't have COVID two weeks later. Ooh, bleak, bleak ending of yeah. the podcast. We, I say goodbye, and then you start coughing. Uh huh. And then, and then it's like, yeah, like we just, look after that cough, like the end of Executioner song. We just said, uh, um, you know, we're going to take a little break for a week or two, and then <laughs> Jesus, the break continues on for a long time, and you're we're not just whistling as much. past that graveyard now. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, Anya's adorable and awkward because she's just like, I wish that Joyce didn't die because she was nice, and now we all hurt. <laughs> Anya, ever the wordsmith. Thanks, Xander. Um, yeah, so Willow wants to get snacks for Buffy and Dawn, and like Xander and Anya go with her, like leaving Buffy and Tara like sitting alone in this waiting area, which I, I don't think is intentional. It's like it's an interesting, like, I don't know, like these people want to go help out and not be yeah. in an awkward moment. It's like Willow doesn't really get that like Tara's not fully in with the rest of the group. Well, I think Tara is too shy to be like, I'll come with you. Yeah. Like, she doesn't know how to, like, excuse herself out of that moment. So she's just going to be stuck here. And yet she sees and recognizes what Buffy's going through in a way. And it's like, how does she get over her own confidence issues to just be like, hey, I know. You know, I mean, sometimes that's that's helpful, right? Just to be like, hey, you know, not a competition, but I understand. Um, well, and just her thing. She's like, I had thoughts and reactions that I, I had that I couldn't understand or even try to explain to anyone else. Mm-hmm. She's like, I know yeah, it's different that, for you, but it's all different. But if you ever need anything. Well, and she says, you know, things that made me think I was losing it, that I was a horrible person. Yeah. Um, and then Buffy's like, was it sudden, your mother? And she's like, no. And yes, it's always sudden. 
Um, so Dawn gets out of the bathroom. She sees Buffy talking to Tara, and this is her opportunity to go down that other hallway to her mother, where there's no security on the way to the autopsy room. Um, you know, what if some kind of sex I mean, maniac wanted to go down there and make love to a dead body or three? Would there be security? I don't know. I don't know. I don't you, know. You think you could just go in there and fondle a corpse or two? Come on, man. These days, obviously not because they're like uh, hospitals are very much on lockdown. But mm-hmm. normally, I feel like you could walk around a hospital a fair amount if you just look like you know where you're going. Somebody, oh, what's the word for people who who are sexually attracted to dead bodies? What is that called? Uh, necrophiliac. Um, somebody tweeted me if you, you're listening to this podcast and you remember. <laughs> There's an episode of X-Files with a necrophiliac, but like they couldn't say that on network TV. So it was like, he's a deaf enthusiast or something like that. But it's like, this guy is stealing bodies to make love to them. Like that episode of South Park where they get the mayonnaise jar. Um, yeah, so Don lets herself in this room, like locks it from the inside. He's just about sure. to look at the body of her mom. And this almost made my top five moments. Yeah. yeah Super yeah. fucking creepy. In the background, one of the uh, bodies like uh, leans up off the gurney there. Obviously, mm-hmm. a vampire has just arisen, but it, the way it happens is chilling. Mm-hmm. And this guy's yeah. like super gross. Like the makeup they've done on his whole body to make him look like a corpse, like yeah. the way he's kind of all like pale and he has like the weird kind of like, like pool blood pooling, you yeah. know, like bruises. Yeah, it's very exaggerated. Yeah. So like semi naked vampire guy because I think you can see kind of his shorts in some scenes. I don't know if he's supposed to read as naked. I mean, is this um, like the first like live human penis Donna scene? I think about that stuff. I don't know if you do. Huh. Well, I do now. Okay. I definitely will be thinking about that during the hiatus when we're when we're concocting this uh, Paul is dead scenario with you. Um, but yeah, naked vampire guy is like coming at her uh, in the waiting room. Xander, Willow, and Anya return with their arms just full of candy and sandwiches and coffee. coffee. <laughs> Willow's like, we panicked, and Buffy's like, uh huh. Anya says sandwiches are meat. Yeah. So Buffy senses something. Her spidey sense is tingling. She goes looking for Dawn. She just kind of senses, oh, my sister's not in the women's bathroom. So she goes down this authorized personnel only. I think she starts to hear commotion and screaming as she's getting closer. Yeah. Well, like we're still kind of in the subjective Buffy thing. I was like, we get this like weird Dutch angle as she goes uh-huh. down the autopsy with this like heightened concern for her sister. She sees uh, Dawn but- getting attacked by the vampire through the door. Don had locked the door. Buffy just breaks it open. Yeah. Um, I mean, different context. Naked person attacking your little sister. Oof. Oof. I mean, it's not good regardless. Yeah. No, not, or not. Not, not, none of it's good. None of it's good. Yeah. Buffy does knee him in the balls. In the um, fight, uh, Don is pushed to the ground and she kind of grabs at the sheet covering Joyce. And so the sheet comes off and she kind of looks up from below the table there and kind of sees like the back of her mom's head. Mm-hmm. Um, just creepy like we're getting closer and closer to her finally seeing her mother's body uh, Buffy yeah. beheads this dude with like a bone cutter like a bone saw yeah uh, so she gets up and looks over worried about Dawn as Dawn's just like slowly rising looking at the mother's body and this is the you know is she cold it's not her it's not her she's gone where'd she go and then slowly reaching but never touching her mother Thanks, Joss. That was a fun episode. Uh, you know, the sad thing is, despite what it feels like, the hardest day isn't the day that your loved one dies, because at least you have something to do that it's day. It's the day it's, after. It's all the days after yeah. when they continue to be gone. Um, 
But I, I mean, like this episode is like a, it's a serious first touchstone into what should have been more tiles on the path to us continuing to connect with Dawn as a character. And I think you get a little bit in the following one where her and Spike team up to try to resurrect Joyce. But I still feel like she kind of just drifts again after this or they yeah. drift away from her. Yeah, I can kind of see that. I mean, I do think in general, I don't know, maybe she's like a minor, I'm sure, when they're shooting this. So maybe they didn't have as much time with her to film, mm-hmm. but it doesn't seem like they developed on as much as they could have this season. Yeah. She's very much like generic teenager rather than like, Oh, that's classic Dawn. Like, you know, specific traits that she has, you know. Well, especially since we're meeting Dawn and she's really only a few years younger than when we first met these characters. And yeah. They, were, they talked like hyper intelligent, neurotic TV writers at 16. Um, I think Dawn like shot, uh, starts stealing a little bit towards the end of the season. But otherwise, that's weird. They don't get much from her like to make her unique. Yeah. All right. Well, that was the body. And then, uh, so I watched Intervention, which was mm. like two episodes later. I didn't watch Forever the next episode, but I watched Intervention, which is where that's the Buffy Bot one, where Spike has ordered Warren to make him a Buffy Bot. And Buffy goes on like a vision quest, so she's out of town, and then the Buffy Bot's walking around. It's a fun episode. It's, uh, it's a lot of that dirty humor that the show's been tilting more and more towards you know mm. a little more adult humor you're the big bad and all that kind of stuff which um, we'll, we'll really see next season yeah and all the the programs that buffy has had warren install for the buffy bot i really like the part where it's like late at night after you know spike has gone to sleep and the buffy bot like gets up puts her jacket on she goes time to slay and then she just goes outside to patrol it's like it's she's been programmed to patrol like buffy which will which will tie into the finale. Yeah. Um, so the guide takes the form of what's her name, Sinea, the first Slayer. Sinea, that's her name. Oh, is that her name? Sure. Um. Yeah, death is the, your and, gift. And then the ending is like when the writing is on the wall that there's going to be like a, some kind of spuffy thing, right? Um. Yeah, because he gets the shit beat out of him, but he won't give up Dawn's name. Like Lori captures him because she thinks that he's the key. But then obviously he couldn't be because, or the, the minions capture him because they think he's a key. And Glory's like, we well, can't be because the key's pure. He's a vampire. So she tortures the shit out of him. But Buffy finds out that he, she dresses as the Buffy bot to go uh, try to like ask Spike about, you know, whether or not he told about the key. Like she kind of tricks him into thinking she's a Buffy bot. Uh, and she finds out that he didn't tell Glory and that he is like committed to protecting Don. And so she kind of drops the Buffy act, which it's a pretty good moment for Buffy there you know like that she is smart enough to play that until she needs to Uh, but then she's like you know that that Buffy bot wasn't real like you protecting Dawn that's real and so yeah definitely yeah she gives him a little kiss on the cheek definitely the beginnings of that romance for sure (laughs) on the lips sure whatever Um, the the bruised bloody lips I guess this is my thought about the Spike and Buffy thing because like in season six which I know we're going to the future, but in season six, I feel like the metaphor is this is the bad boyfriend who you shouldn't be dating. You know, he's bad news, but like the sex is too good. Like the, the attraction is too strong. You're Mm. feeling self-destructive. So you're going to do something, you know, you shouldn't do. I feel like that's what spike represents. Mm. Right. Am I I Mm. off base there? Well, I mean, I think, 
it's not just that he's the bad boyfriend. He's he not a great boyfriend by any means. I'm not defending that. But like she's also in the bad place. Yeah, she's you know? a, you're in a bad place. You're feeling self-destructive. This is the guy who you're going to date even though you know it's bad news. Whereas this season, the metaphor is much more like this is the creepy spurned stalker mm-hmm. who's obsessed with you and is just like being a big creep and he's like trying to get at you through your friends and like keep on having to like you know, get him out of your life and he won't go. Like, it's just a very different thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if those things totally mesh well together. Um, well, and the work you have to do for him just to be like, I'm going to protect you, like, because I care about you. I'm not asking for anything. Like, you know, like the, the what we're going to see in Spiral uh-huh. and all this stuff. It's It's really, I don't know. Like, I don't think shows would do this today. It's because it, it's kind of like two different things that they're doing and they kind of have to combine them a little bit. They have to really take you further with Spike than you're comfortable going with mm-hmm. and like his like creepy stalker behavior. Like it's, I don't know. It's, it's it, in a way it's, it's reminiscent of scene red just in like, it's like, do you really want to take the character that far and then have them be a love interest? It's like, we can't escape that episode. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, and like, I oh, this way, whether it be fiction or real life, I believe in the concept of redemption. I don't think the people who have been wronged does like they're not bound to to offer forgiveness. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, um, that's great if they if they want to if they want to say or if they want to allow like here is the long arduous path by which you can redeem yourself in my eyes or or something. Um, but also that that Buffy bot scene is interesting too because you know shows work on an economy like you like to have a scene that does two different things that you don't realize. So again, they're setting up an aspect of the of the finale. Yeah, where it's like Buffy can effectively play the Buffy bot for one scene. Well, then the reverse will be true in the finale. I know. I think the the scene where at the end where Buffy pretends to be the Buffy bot and she kisses him. I think that's all very effective. It's mm. just weird coming off the like super creep spike stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I guess I suppose part of it may just be this was still back in the era where a lot of teen romance, especially was like, there's nothing better than an unrequited love that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the girl says no. So you, you have to make some big, huge romantic gesture to like win her over. Mm-hmm. Like we, we don't really get that as much anymore. I think people kind of eventually were like, that's not great. Uh, mm-hmm. But at the time, that's like, you know, it's like, can't hardly wait. Oh, you just got to write the perfect letter to the girl and then she'll read it and fall in love with you. Well, I mean, you know, like you, you see all the movies where it's like the romantic gesture we're told, which later we'll see is, is a horror story where it's like, yeah, like, hey, Denise, here in front of our entire family and friends, babe, <laughs> will you marry me? Yeah. All the spotlights on her. Get all the spotlights on Huge her. Huge confession of love in the middle of the school dance. or Yeah. Because, you know, like, again, like, little girls are raised to get married. And asshole guys are raised to think that, like, you're going to do this big gesture. And then somewhere in that airport will be the slow clap. Uh-huh. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, like, I, like you said though, like the I, I like the, and I don't think Spike wants to necessarily be the bad boy. I want to say that post Smash in season six, I know again we're in the future. There's a whole thing where he's like trying to be romantic about it, like you know, he's just like telling her, like they're canoodling after, you know, a, a, a 
some orgasms and he's just like you don't have to go back to the normal world like you and i could just stay here together in the dark and like have our future or whatever and it's like it's like romance to him yeah yeah but he knows that she's not in a good place but at the same time he's not going to push her away because that broken part of him that just wants her love and to be seen as lovable by her is finally getting that i know i like where we are at the end of intervention Mm -hmm. but all the stuff between like crush and that is uh, it it's a little rough to still be rooting for spike watching some of that stuff that said, I absolutely would understand if somebody's watched the end of intervention and they still thought this is not okay. This is not romantic. I, I can yeah. see where somebody like you didn't reasonably... need to kiss him, Buffy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because again, she's starting to let him off the hook. Um, but also, it's also kind of nefarious because the season really paints like Buffy into this corner where she like can't say no to anyone because she needs all the help she can get, as we'll see in this next episode. And also, she like he kind of becomes an emotional outlet for her that she can't get from other characters. Yeah. 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 Just because of who they are, you know, like because Xander and, and Willow both have their own SOs and Giles, she's like growing more distant from, and he's the adult authority figure. Well, also the strength, like, yeah. you know, like, like Riley was a real bitch about it, but it's like, maybe there was some truth to the fact that like to a certain level, Buffy can relate to a person who's as strong as she is or, or uh-huh. closer to it than her friends. It's funny, uh, just closing out the thread on James Marsters, I watched a little bit of a YouTube clip of like one of those Entertainment Weekly, like, let's get the cast back together <laughs> yeah. things for Angel. And like he kind of breaks down in a moment. He just like turns to Charisma Carpenter and he's just like, honestly, I owe my entire career to you. And she's like, what are you talking about? And he's just like, don't you understand? They brought me onto Buffy season four to be the new Cordelia. Like <laughs> I was supposed to be the one who's just like, you're stupid. Your friends are stupid. You're all going to die. And I was so bad at that, that they had to bring me back as the love interest. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, all let's right. talk about spiral S five E 20. Once again, I have five. Also, this is uh, as we talked a little bit last week about like, we're finally doing Steven S tonight as if that's a big oh, deal. Yeah. This is a, uh, you know, inverse of the the body. This is the beginning of Sweep's episode. <laughs> I have 6. All right. Well, what's your 6? Um uh it's kind of a really goofy moment, which is a lot of this episode, uh but in the RV when like Buffy's in the like the bedroom area like feeling frustrated at the oppression that just keeps on coming and like Dawn's like there's a bright side. I mean, things can't get any crazier. <laughs> like an arrow comes flying through the wall and she's like, "You know this is your fault for saying that, right?" I don't know. It's stupid, 100% like it is, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. My number five is when Anya, they're kind of strategizing what to do about Glory, and Anya says, we should drop a piano on her. <laughs> and Giles is like, oh, maybe we should like paint a hole on the side of the wall, you know. I just, I like that like 10% of Anya's humanity is like Roadrunner cartoons. Yeah. Just whatever Acme God Killer device. Um, my number five moment is just the Utterly comical sight of Sarah Michelle Geller running through a park while carrying Michelle Trachtenberg in her arms. <laughs> At this point, Michelle Trachtenberg, like, like probably taller than Buffy, yeah. is like three inches taller than she wasn't at the start of the season. <laughs> so, just it's so funny. Yeah, she really shot up this season. Oh god! Like, yeah, I don't know if you've ever seen somebody carry somebody else, and you're just like, it's not like it's as like Chris Hemsworth, who's just made of muscles with a face. <laughs> it's like I was like, that person looks really heavy for you. <laughs> Yeah, Sarah Michelle Geller might be the tiniest person on the show. Yeah. Uh, let's see. My number four. It's just 
perhaps unintentional comedy. Just the the uh, the one knight who like has to like he just randomly kills his buddy who's like been like brain zapped by glory. Mm-hmm. It's just like I can avenge you, buddy, or whatever, and he just like shows him. It's so funny to me when it happens because <laughs> those knights suck so much. Oh um, my god, they fucking suck. God damn, they suck. Um, my number four is the moment you mentioned, though. Just at Xander's, the Scooby Gang trying to suggest how to stop Glory and the piano and the, uh, how does he put it? A convincing tunnel on the side of a mountain. Yeah. <laughs> my number three is uh, when the uh, the RV is being assaulted by a bunch of horses and knights on horseback. Willow says, don't hit the horsies. And Buffy says, we won't. And then she like leans over to Giles. He's driving. She's like, aim for the horsies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, my number three moment, I love this moment in concept. I don't necessarily love it in execution. Like a lot of this episode is Giles telling Buffy that he's proud of her. Uh, honestly, I don't even remember that part. So it's after he's been like run through and they're like, right, siege right, okay. of the gas station. And it's like, it really seems like Giles is on the way out. <laughs> like, why exactly are you proud of her? Giles It's like the worst plan ever. Yeah. It's not even a plan. It's just running. It really? Ran us into a dead end at full speed. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> uh, also, I can see a bright light. Should I go into it? My number two is when Gloria arrives. Um, it's we, we already know that Ben is there and we're like, oh shit, that's a bad idea. And then you're just waiting for Gloria to finally show up at the worst mm-hmm. possible moment. And she does, and she just immediately kidnaps uh Don. She like takes out that stupid general guy, and uh then like the whole rest of the army of the knights. In in like thirty seconds. Yeah, I, I like the way she punches right through uh, the barrier that Willow put up. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Her power set's unclear, but it is. Oh, well, she's she has either. super speed in this. She's suddenly the Flash. Which, much like the speed. Flash, you're like, why why couldn't the Flash slash Glory have reacted way quicker all these other times? To, you know, stop the the person. Yeah. Well, also, I like to see Barry Allen run super speed in high heels like she does. I guess she's not in high heels because she's, she's been clothes. Never mind. Um, uh, my number two is just Buffy going catatonic at the end. Um, I don't know. It's interesting. Uh, it This moment alone hits me. I remember Way of the World being kind of not great, but I felt, I felt for our main character here. All right. Um, I never one's just the assault on the RV. I mean, it's it's kind of dumb, but it's some fun action. I like, there's one pretty cool shot where Buffy's hanging off the side of the RV and she kind of like flips herself back up onto it, like does a little mm-hmm. roll. The, the it's a new stunt moment this season, and this stunt woman, you can tell like one of her specialties is kind of like these like roundhouse kicks, mm-hmm. uh, or actually roundhouse is not the right word, like round off kicks. I think mm-hmm. like almost like cartwheels. Um, like there's a lot of that, like kind of like you know overhead like spinning. Uh, kicks, you know, frontwards and backwards. I, I think that must be something she's really good at because we see Buffy doing a whole lot of that. She does a kick upwards while hanging off the side of the RV. Yeah, but she's doing I mean, a lot like, of like like bicycle kick almost type stuff, you know? When she pulls herself up, her form, it's like clearly the stunt woman also is like like, got like a gymnast training. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's like a very like, like uh, I don't know, like proper form that's like we've never really seen Buffy do before. Yeah, um, it's, it's one, less less like I don't know, like taekwondo or whatever the other stuff one was doing, and more kind yeah. of like acrobatic. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, my number one is is the same, including everything leading up to it. Um, the moment before the one you you mentioned is when they first realize the Knights of Byzantium are attacking them, as Drowse is driving, and he's just like weapons, and Spike's like, "Hello, you're driving one." Yeah. <laughs> also, honorable mention. I don't know why it always makes me laugh. Uh, hop on in, kids. Daddy's putting the hammer down. Spike with the goggles. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, All right, let's get into this episode. So Terrence had her brain juice sucked out by Glory. Yeah. Um I, I, like I I'm trying to remember, did Glory think that Tara was uh the key or there's something like that, yeah. Like yeah. Par- she's like at a park bench, like in public. Yeah. Like Will had to Will watch. sees it happen. When they're like you know what, guys? This was so much fun. Let's do it next season too. And then <laughs> the worse. the episode starts. Where are they here? They're at uh like Tara's because ter- Tara, Tara's house. Tara Willow don't have they. I mean, I'm sure they sleep over a lot, but like it's established earlier that like they still maintain separate dorms. So yeah, Willow still dorm. has her own dorm. Okay, so this is Tara's the, incredibly the dorm bitchy dorm. Yeah. Yeah. Although now it seems to be have like a lot of like weird like chalk paint on the walls. I don't know. The aesthetic isn't quite as good here. Well, I think, you know, we really enjoyed it when it was in a dream sequence and in the harsh light of day, literally as the wall is torn off, it loses that luster. Well, no, this is definitely different. Like, it wasn't just a dream sequence. Like, she had a completely awesome uh, pad. uh, Inside a genie bottle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, So, Tara's, I don't know what this is like. It's like a kind of like a... Uh, aggravated dementia thing that they're doing with her yeah she she's looking at dawn she's going look at that look at that pure green energy and then well, glory's yeah. like ha 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 it's the key <laughs> glory's just like she rips this wall off and she's just like i told you this wasn't over <laughs> then we get um, some some big action here and like uh, buffy just like crashes through the door with dawn willow does like cast like a spell she does to, like force blast yeah um yeah so buffy and dawn like go run into the main hall of the building is like glory's just like bursting through walls like daniel craig and Casino pretty Royale. pretty cool shot of her bursting through the wall there yeah, yeah this is where she runs fast so she is wearing yeah. heels here okay yeah i like that's gotta whatever she's a god sure um and a goddess uh so one point like buffy has to pick up dawn and just carry her it's so funny looking uh and then actually it, no uh she's in tennis she's actually glorious oh good for her yeah um yeah, so uh, they get like like caught by Glory, and she's like, "Any last words?" And Buffy's like, "Just one truck." Bam. So she gets tossed, you know, a hundred feet onto a car, and then transfers back into Ben. This is part of the uh, the kind of the mechanics that helped them delay this confrontation longer and longer. Is that I guess if she's a certain amount of beat up, she'll revert back to Ben. Well, and arguably, like the the closer we get to the time. Yeah. The moment like the the membrane is thin um i know it's not because it's the 90s or it's not like remotely surface but like is the duality of gender ever really a purpose here like are they is there a is there a comment is there something i don't to dine on it doesn't i mean i don't know i i feel like if i had to write that essay i wouldn't have a whole lot of meat on the bone i mean it's just kind know, of like it just happens to be that ben is male and glory is female but they and like sometimes he ends up wearing dresses because he morse, but like nothing else really comes of it. Like I don't yeah. feel like we're really getting much commentary or kind of meaning. Yeah, I mean I don't trust anything from twenty years ago. Full stop. But like sure. I was just like, is there's 
some kind of interesting trans implication or, or something with this? Probably not. And if there was, it's probably not good. It's not, uh, it's, it's probably, you know, at best it, JK Rowling esque. Um, they just don't really do anything with it. It's just, yeah, it's just yeah. like there. It's just, it happens to be, they share a body, but that's about it. I have a lot of questions about that as we proceed, but, um, so after the credits, now we're at Xander's place. His, his kind his of palatial estate. Yeah. Bland, but palatial. Like, the place is nice if you got to move in there. I don't necessarily love what he's done with it. it ketchup way. and mustard on the table there. And like a big wax uh, lamp. Yeah. He'd be better off just having like a bowl of like fake fruit. <laughs> you know what really stands out is he's got a big chunky CRTV. Like this place needs an HDTV. It needs a flat screen. He's like, well, all my money went to the apartment. So. Yeah. Again, I think we talked about this. This is like a three thousand a month apartment, right? Even Absolutely, two thousand one. Yeah. Oh man, I would love. I was thinking about this when we were talking about PLO earlier tonight. I would love to just walk through Rosewood with like the Zillow app. <laughs> um, well, I don't know. It's Pennsylvania, like suburbs. It's got to be cheaper than out here. Well, but especially especially here uh, in in Sunnydale, because I mean, I remember I I my mind was fucking blown when you and I walked through that tiny little town in like wine country that one day. And oh, it was and like, Blackbird Springs. It was like, what do you think that house costs? And we look it up, and it's like, oh, this little cottage, one point four million. Yeah, well, <laughs> like, that's shit. It's a very exclusive area in wine country. Yeah, true, true, true. Um, it's almost fictional. Yeah. So, Don is like almost excited to tell the story. It, like, makes it sound like Buffy like kicked Glory's ass. Like, way to go, Buffy. And Buffy finally is just like, a truck hit her. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't do anything. <laughs> a truck hit her. She would have kicked my ass, basically. I mean, I basically punned well. <laughs> um, so Giles wants to keep doing research, and Buffy's just like, there's no way we can fight her, especially now that Gloria's, she's realized that we're this close to the season finale, and she's actually doing things, you guys. Um, so Buffy's like absolutely saying, it's like, it's time to run away, which the, the crew is like slow to get. Well, Buffy, I, I didn't watch the previous episode, so she wasn't there yet in uh in intervention but she's gotten very i guess from learning that death is her gift her attitude these last few episodes here is like very stern and cold and like kind of i don't know if bossy is the right word but she's just like kind of yelling at everyone constantly and there's not a lot of joy to buffy which it, it makes sense i guess character wise it's just not a ton of fun it's where she goes though i mean she's there somewhat at the end of graduation day um, she's definitely going to be there in season seven. Don't yeah, know. yeah, a lot of speeches. Uh, but yeah, I mean, she's like, you know, get your shit together. Like, well, I'll handle the rest. So, uh, I always thought that this. But we'll go to you know back to Glory's like super sweet. I kept thinking this is like the penthouse at a hotel, according to the wiki, and I think we see it in one of the episodes that I didn't watch. It's actually a mansion. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, you see it in intervention. It's like a big tall mansion with multiple uh, floors to it. You guys, my bad. Um, so we got one of like the female goblin minions like hounding Ben. Um, this minion is thirsty as fuck for Ben. I'm not sure. This might be the first time we see this minion. I think so. I th- she's my favorite. Okay. Because I feel like like she's written the best, and she's like maybe like the best actor, other than the the one guy who <laughs> puns well in the finale. Yeah. She's my favorite. Um, like she's going on about how like scrumptious and glory is. Um, and we get the start of some kind of actual character work for Ben, like you know how nothing in his life. Oh, they're is trying. His. They're trying. He's not his body, so why he became a doctor, so he could become close to people. They just gotta and lay the, the lay the groundwork for decisions he's gonna make in the next episode. 
Well, here's my question. How does he even really know about glory? Like, he indicates that he has knowledge of what she says or does with the body, but, like, you know what I mean? Like, unless someone... I mean, honestly, he knows about, like, weird minions, so... I mean, but unless someone's like, here's a picture of what your body looked like five minutes ago, he doesn't even know what she looks like. Yeah. Um, Um, You have to, like, set up a camera or something. Also, dumb question... We saw Glory shower in an episode we covered last week, which I could have watched that scene go on for 20 more minutes. But if she showers, gets clean, puts on lotion, brushes her teeth, etc., then turns into Ben, does the lotion stay on the body skin? Does he need to brush again? Those are the important questions. Right? I mean, does the lotion get put in the basket? Anyways, I think this minions, this female meaning is a thousand times better than all the rest. So the Scoobies are on the side of the road later, like freaking out about their odds. While waiting for Buffy to arrive, and then this this Winnebago shows up, Spike driving. I like the foil over everything, so it's like a small hole there. Yeah. Spike has these like big goggles on, like steampunk goggles. Um, yeah. So Anya's like really jazzed to get on this thing. Yeah, Giles and Xander like infuriated. That Anya's also packed a pan, like a frying pan. <laughs> yeah, that's a um, very like Marion and uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark joke there. <laughs> But Giles and Xander are like infuriated that Spike is present and, and Buffy's just like fucking deal with it, man. I, I need what I need to the, like the strength to protect uh Dawn. Yeah, because they, they all know that he like was turning into creepy stalker, so they're fully aware of that situation. Yeah, yeah. There's that whole like super painful scene where he like shows up and tries to be friends with them and like none of them are going for it, and Giles is just like, We are not your way to Buffy, like get the fuck out of here. I wonder if Tabula Raza is going to be the one we do. The other one we do. Well, it'll absolutely be the other one we do, but we need one more. We'll get to it. Okay. I'm Randy Giles. Yeah. Anyway, um, at the hospital, some of the Knights of Byzantium who are inconspicuous. This is what I don't know. This is, this, is, this is what I would like to know about the Knights of Byzantium and their fucking like Renfair getup that they have. Mm-hmm. Clearly, they're capable of dressing like modern people. So what the fuck is up with their stupid chainmail and swords? Like, why don't you guys just have a bunch of Uzis and like, like, uh, you know, RPGs and whatnot? Like, there's no reason for you to be using medieval weaponry here. At one point in my notes, I wrote as 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 I'm watching the scene with the generals giving Buffy the lowdown uh, on yeah. on everything. I wrote in my notes, these guys suck so hard. Is it possible they've been doing this for thousands of years? Which timeline doesn't make sense. No. They've been doing this for thousands of years, and Glory doesn't even know who they are. Probably. And then later, she's just like, oh, hey, Gregor, you're that general guy. And I want—I just wrote my notes, how does she know who the fuck this loser is? Yeah, I don't know. She's a god. Yeah, but these uh, guys, they all have, like, dumb tattoos on their foreheads that they wear, like, these goofy hats pulled down they, low. They look like Bucky going incognito in Captain America movies. Yeah, but just um, if, if you're capable of dressing like this, why don't you guys just have a bunch of AK-47s? And like motorcycles. Why do you need horses and chainmail and why bows and you, arrows? Why don't you dress like I would dress in this situation, like a bounty hunter from the future? Yeah, um, with a vape pen. <laughs> like, uh, did you read the Onion article? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not yeah. to derail. Yeah. What is? I was thinking about this the other day, and it hit me. But I'm curious. Total side note: What is your favorite Onion article ever? Oh gosh, there's. Uh, some classics that come to mind mind immediately are the uh why do all these homosexuals keep sucking my cock a classic <laughs> a classic oh what's the other one i just thought of uh ironic porn purchase leads to unironic ejaculation uh runner up for me is marilyn manson goes through the door trying to shock people <laughs> yeah right um, office office ninja 
These are all super old school. These are old school from the time of Buffy. I know. Uh, but no, the what clear about cut, Roger the Game Muppet? Yes. With the little <laughs> NYC vest. Yeah. The clear cut winner for me, though, is Hey, that's not funny. My brother died that way. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I just remembered another one. It was uh, Coca Cola to announce a new 200 liter bottle, AKA the shitload. If you're wondering, you have to read the entire article about how that's not funny. My brother died that way. To get to the end, to find out that the brother was on a motorcycle that hit something. He flew off the motorcycle and suffocated when his head landed on a horse's ass, a police horse's ass. <laughs> and so when like that joke appears on a TV show he's watching, he's really offended because his brother died that way. <laughs> anyway, um, this moment almost made my top moments where the nurse stops them as they're leaving. And like the one guy draws out this super like long, thin dagger. Like they're going to stab this nurse. Hey, and she's on. just like, Hey, I need my pen back. And it's like, this is ridiculous. Well, all they're doing is signing this guy out. Yes. Like this isn't some heist or some big trick that they're pulling. God, they suck. <sighs> I, just, I, I guess we need these guys just to put Buffy in dire straits. It's really the only, the only reason these knights exist. These characters have been dumped. Like, to dump uh, info. Yeah. These characters have names like Gregor, Dante, and Orlando. So one of two things has happened. They've been indoctrinated, like raised and indoctrinated into these basically cults, like medieval cosplay cults, yeah. right? Like these like LARPing apocalyptic cults. Or these dudes had some kind of problem in their life and they like went searching for meaning and they found these fucking assholes in the desert. And it's just like, hey, Gary Johnson, from now on, you're dante <laughs> i just want this dude also, to come back 50 percent of all the money you've ever earned yeah they come back to meet their stupid general who's like in this like whole crazy getup. i just want this one guy to be like hey man so i was just thinking general like we, we were dressed like this out there and it was fine yeah. why do we have to put a bunch of chain mail on also it's may in california and we're wearing leather and chain mail and we're about to go on a horse chase into the desert i'm just saying man isn't this how uh, the Nazis lost World War II when they went into Russia? Um, also, the guy who plays Gregor the General is the guy that you've seen on other shows. Like poor He's man's like, Michael Ironside. Poor, well, like poor man's Chris Bauer. I'm trying to no, I, I don't know who is Michael Ironside. The poor man's Chris Bauer already. Michael Ironside is villainous '80s movie Chris Bauer. You know, so Chris Bauer, you think of. You think of The Wire and you think of True Blood, uh-huh. which you always forget about. You haven't seen this movie. You won't get this reference. Okay. What you always forget about is he's also Keanu's client who's jacking off under the table in, in court in uh, Devil's Advocate. <laughs> That's true. I have not seen that. <laughs> well, now you have to go watch the scene where he jacks off under a table in court. <laughs> it's actually a really horrific scene. Anyway, they take Orlando, the brain juice guy, out in the woods where their leader is, where it's even more medieval and he's got like a more ornate forehead tattoo and face and there's like a hundred of these dudes yeah i mean but also chloe is their primary enemy this is their sole purpose what are these daggers going to do i guess what's really going on here is that the key is their enemy and they're aware that glory could use the key but they're they've always been like sworn to kill the key is like their big thing i don't know why it took them this long to find the key but I feel like you've just done more work than the people orchestrating the backstory. I mean, this whole episode to me feels like a patch on. Yeah. Like we've been throwing out nuggets, but now we're realizing they don't quite add up. So like, let's just try to patch it all together real quick going into the finale. Um, 
also the fact that they haven't found Ben and slit his throat is super pathetic. Yeah, how how hard would that be? Like later he's like I guess because they're human they wouldn't remember, sure, you know. I, I okay. Okay. I just like the whole I, I mean which again, doesn't that just feel like a patch? Yeah. <laughs> like they got to the next episode and they're like, "Fuck, how do we write ourselves out of this?" Cuz it's like he's like the human vessel's never been found. And it's like he's right fucking there, man. Why don't you just follow her home one day? <laughs> so anyways, uh cut to this RV just tooling uh kind of leaving the suburbs and out into the the rural areas here. No what one is knows your, a LARPing convention outside of Sunnydale, California. What is no your one. plan, Buffy? Like, Drive. Is, is there a destination? Nope. That's a bad plan. Yeah, well. No, I feel like no matter what, if, you know, the shit is going down and you have to get out of town, you should have a destination in mind. Even if it's a vague destination, you know, like. What, a direction. We got to yeah, get somewhere, you know. Because the goal is distance, right? Yeah. I mean, the, the where this all I mean, it goes tits up for a lot of ways. But the the real bitch of it all is that they get like 10 miles away. They don't get that far away. Yeah. Um, and that's because, I mean, like if Ben can like casually it's probably, drive. probably like 60 miles. Let's see. They get like an hour out of town, maybe. I, I feel like you're being so kind. I am. But um, but yeah, I mean, if Ben can casually drive there in his like Ford Taurus or whatever, like you didn't get far enough away. Well, is it like... We'll go to my dad's place. Like, I know he has a place, uh, you know, in Santa Cruz or something like that. Like, I don't know. There should be, like, a destination they have in mind, at least. Buffy's just like, we're just going to drive till we run out of gas in this shitty broken down RV. Here's me, the the junior, junior, junior rider in the Buffy riding staff. When someone's like, we need a destination. What if Buffy's like, let's go to our dad's place. I'm the guy who's just like, can one of the characters say, Vito, your dad sucks? Yeah. So Xander's getting like comically car sick. L O L. Like I guess you're just weak, Xander. Yeah, like what is like this is is this why Xander didn't take his his Kerouac road trip and had to go like swing his dong in a banana hammock before I guess before? I don't I don't get car sick at all. I'm lucky that way. Um but I guess some people have trouble if they like can't see windows. Or like they can't they can't see out a window. What's uh what's your reading situation in the car? I read. I mean, if I'm not driving, obviously, but no, I I uh, I do not get car sick. I can read in a car. I do not get uh, motion sick on a boat. My like kinesthetic sense or vestibular sense, whatever sense that is, mm-hmm. is like just like very solid for whatever reason. Well, I I don't get boat sick. I mean, I can get wet and wild on a boat, but like. Uh... Up until I was like 15, like I could read. I had a lot of reading in cars, a lot of reading. And you can't now? I can't read. Like I can't, not, not long term. Okay. Um, yeah. But other than that, I don't get car sick because, you know. Yeah, I can, I can read no problem. I don't know. I've never, like motion sickness has never been a thing for me. I guess I, I would have made a good semen. Nothing. You got nothing for me? I almost have too much. Okay. I really want to be topical and uh, tied in the demon semen, but I can't. Uh-huh. Um, anyway, that's my new Netflix show, Demon Semen. Uh, so Spike is, you know, you frustrated. Get three seasons, and they'll all be mediocre. I made a dumb joke about a uh, uh, like a like a Blumhouse esque horror movie called Breakout Room the other day, and then I was I was going to bed. Oh, that there's night. an escape room. Well, I was going to bed that night, and I was just like, oh shit, I could totally see what Breakout Room would look like. Fuck. 
it wouldn't be that bad. I mean, it wouldn't be that bad compared to like other Blumhouse movies. It actually would kind of work. Anyway, okay. it'd work as well as any, you know, it'd work as well as Escape Room or better. Uh, so Spike's frustrated because Giles drives super slow. Um, and then I, I love this little moment where Spike goes to Dawn. He's just like, in front of everyone, he's like, I should have nicked that Porsche I had my eye on. Just enough room for you, me, big sis. And Xander gives Spike this like queasy glare. And he's like, what? And Xander's like, would you just give it a rest? Or and Spike's like, or what? You're going to toss your cookies on me? <laughs> yeah, come on, Xander. If you're going to try to act tough, you can't be about to throw up. But do it. Do it, bitch. Throw up on him. I dare you. It's not like he can do anything. Yeah, so he like goes to sit with Giles and pout like Merc Burt Bubble faces at him the whole time. <laughs> By the way, this is in my notes. I forgot to bring it up earlier. Yeah. Um, it's just a throwaway moment. Uh, when Dawn is describing Glory, she says she has nice feet. So I guess Dawn's, you know, into feet. Uh, it might be one of those things that men are totally oblivious of where like women really notice like parts of other women that they like sure. covet and are jealous mm-hmm. of. Or, or maybe I mean, Dawn is in the feet. Fair. I, I can't dispute it. I can't fight it. Um, I mean, Corey's got nice feet. Jeez, oh, how do I get out of this? <laughs> everything. She's got nice everything. She's got good hair, right? Uh-huh. You and your fucking blondes. Anyway, where are we at here? Again, I have too many comments. Uh, at the table in the back, Ani hears somebody say something about snacks, and she pulls out a skillet and some spam. <laughs> love the spam. That almost made my top moments. So I love this little bit where, like, Tara, I don't know how to describe what they've done with Tara, because I don't want to make fun of, like, people with developmental issues or, or what have you. But it's like, I feel like they're almost parroting, like, what she's going through. But there's a, a moment where she like opens the blinds to see the shiny light, which causes like Spike's hand to start catching on fire and melting as he protects his face. Yeah. And I'm shocked because Will apologizes and Spike says, it's all right. Like, you know, like he's, he's kind of cool about, it. he knows what she's he's like. Through. No biggies. Skins are not spoken. I mean, this is, you know, this is development here. It's like, Hey guys, Spike's not such a bad guy after all type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's why he's a bad vampire. So we get a shot of like Gloria's like Gloria's like dimension ward at the hospital because we heard Tara like having been denied the light. She's like all dark, all dark, and all the brain juice people are now moaning all dark. So these guys eventually, I think, just like get up and go find Glory. Yeah, and like weld for her. Well, they're going to indicate now because they didn't know what to do with these characters that they've kept around that they are like a hive mind or whatever. Like they're connected to Glory somehow. Like the yeah. Well, they're yeah, like, we uh... see some some minions are like doing some weird magic on the ground and being like, all the signs are in alignment. Soon Victor will be in our grasp. Because it's like, not only do they need the key, but they can only open the key at like a certain time for a certain ritual. One time. Yeah. Uh, they're like, um, uh, you know that thing when like, the person's come out of the bathroom and you can tell they come out of the bathroom because they still have toilet paper hanging out of their butt? That's yeah, that's these thing. people. That, they're these people. They just trail behind glory like like poopy toilet paper. That oh, might be the shittiest thing I've ever said. Anyway, uh, the Glory's like mansion suite. The Do you see like, a lot of people just trailing poopy toilet paper out of their assholes as they walk around? No, for no the here's the thing. It doesn't matter the volume. It's that okay. I have seen it. Okay. <laughs> Once was enough. Once was too much. Um, so the means are like casting like runes into a circle of candles or whatever. Yeah, yeah, saying, yeah. The moment's There's approaching. like she's coming or the moment's coming, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Buffy's like she's decamped to like the bedroom area, which has accordion doors, to like freak out about all this stuff. And this is when they have a little pep talk with Dawn, and then the I think how Dawn is just like, hey, I think uh, Anya's gonna try to cook. Like that's like uh, that's pretty you funny. Know, some, some good comedy for them to come watch. 
<laughs> she might burn down this entire like Winnebago. Um, yeah. So these assholes. I mean, this 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 is where the plan is clearly undone, is because uh, number one, we had Stonehenge lowered onto the stage that was in danger of being crushed by a little person. Uh, it's that the fact that their RV, which has been driving for maybe an hour, has somehow been caught up to by horses. Yeah, who left which... half an hour after them. <laughs> I mean, I think we all learned from Back to the Future 3 that a horse only goes, like, what, 22, 23 miles an hour? Yeah, yeah, yeah. These guys are also, it's not even just that it's hot and they're on horseback and they're wearing leather and chainmail. They're also carrying, like, 80 pounds of medieval weaponry. Yeah. Yeah, that just looks like a lot of heavy weaponry in the hot sun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so... Horsey's, you know, dialogue, fight on the roof as these guys are getting on there. There's uh, um, a lot of arrows shooting into the RV, but like just coming about like a foot in and not hitting anyone. There's a moment that I like, I think would have played better if it looked better where the, the sword comes down into the thing and like right. catches it from, yeah. from getting there, Buffy. But it's like, it doesn't actually look like it's anywhere near her. So it kind of undercuts the gesture. Yeah. Um. And then Buffy has to get up on top and start fighting these dudes. Um, there's a, I mean, Spike is like pretty close to daylight for a lot of this. Yeah, yeah. But I, I don't know. Like when Spike or when Buffy gets up on the roof here, these guys are just some assholes in chainmail. Like she should beat the shit out of them. Yeah. Like it, I feel like it takes her like way too much effort to dispatch three of these dudes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Although she does at one point throw an axe at a dude and it hits him like right in the chest. Yeah, and like later on, the general would be like, "You killed ten of my men." It's just like, uh, so I guess Buffy kills dudes now. So the the Buffy wiki actually goes into this. It's uh, it's not just this episode. They're also counting dudes glory killed in previous episodes. So whatever. So, so it endeavor, doesn't count. Yeah. This whole endeavor has a body count of ten for their. What what is in the shot of the forest? How many extras is that? Like maybe let's 30? say maybe no, let's say maybe a hundred total. Okay. Wow, we're being so kind. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the knights disappear seemingly, and Giles is like, "Everyone, all right? Have you seen this scene in the future in the Serenity movie? Because um, we see one of the knights like suddenly like riding at them and like throws a spear." Which Giles, you chump! Yeah. Come on, <laughs> is that, come on! Is that your take? Yes, that is my take. <laughs> what the fuck, Giles? <laughs> He's just like, "Everyone, all right back there?" Oh no, it's someone right in front of me. I thought you were going to say, Giles, you're out of your league. Giles, you're an amateur. Giles, rookie mistake. You went straight to the chump card. <laughs> you have an RV. He has a horse. Uh, how, fa- how, how fast can someone throw a spear? Do you have enough time just to do that little... Well, little I mean, if something's coming at you at, let's say, charitably 55 miles an hour, then <laughs> sure that helps. I'd, I'd really like to talk about these characters without having to be so fucking kind. Yeah. Anyway, so the RV swerves. Buffy falls off the roof. The RV topples over. <laughs> Pretty cool shot of her just being like, woo, right off the <laughs> edge of it. <laughs> yeah, the RV just falls over completely. Um, and here I'm oh, just thinking, how is Spike going to get out of this one? Yeah. <laughs> so you can just do that thing where he just puts the coat up over his head again. He just puts a blanket over himself, yeah. Um, so I, I saw on the wiki that like there was supposed to be this much bigger action sequence at the start of the episode of Buffy and Dawn escaping glory. Yeah, that makes cut. sense. Cause it's super expensive. But so like Steve tonight, like he's like, whatever concession I have to make to keep my like stagecoach esque action sequence here of the RV. 
Um, it looks like they've been driving into the desert too, because like there's some Joshua trees in the background. So I don't know. They're like on their way to Palm Springs or something. Isn't there? Yeah. So the time loop, the infamous time loop um, in the dinosaurs, isn't there like a, a thing too at the end of season six, where it's like somebody's trying to escape into the desert and that's how dark willow starts like flaying people. I know she flays uh, them in the the woods. Is I it can't the remember. What, I don't remember what their destination is. I, I feel like there's like a like a bus just going into the desert that she stops. Okay, there could be. Um, it's been a long time. I don't even know if we'll rewatch those episodes now. We'll see. Ooh, I mean, I kind of. I don't know. It's stupid, but I kind of do want to watch the last few. Oh, fun. Season six. Really, you like not, nothing at all. No, no inclination whatsoever. I mean, we'll we'll get there at the end of the episode. But I have okay. my ideas. We'll we'll see what you think. Ooh, got some ideas, got some notions. So after commercial, the gang is like has had to like track through this desert to like an abandoned, boarded up gas station. For They've instance. got Giles who's bleeding from the abdomen or something. Oh yeah. Um, and <laughs> Buffy checks on Dawn, and, and Anya's like, "You've got a plan. You have another plan, right? Like one that doesn't involve like pointy knives and a Winnebago." Um, and Buffy's like, we're going to rest here and we're going to keep on moving. Uh, everyone's like, the fuck? Uh, Giles is like twitching. Like, Willis you know what, Giles? You earned it. Wow. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> what if he just, I mean, he couldn't because Joyce died, but what if he just straight up died in this episode? Then he'd feel bad. Ignominious. Like, like, he dies and you're like, oh, I guess he could have stayed alive a little longer and killed Ben. That would have been cool. Um, I love that Willow is trying to like you know normal person stop the bleeding yeah. when she will erect a magical force field later. You don't know any like a uh, healing magic, Willow. It would have been useful to study, probably. <laughs> Maybe have that in your back pocket when you're creating like mini suns. Um, yeah. So it's it's just embarrassing that these joke of a night cavalry like defeated an RV. Come on, Scooby Gang. Because right, they're completely fucked now. They're just like in the middle of nowhere in this gas station, surrounded by these tools with like bows and flaming arrows. They they start firing a bunch of arrows into this place. Everyone's got to duck and cover. See, I, I, I would have gone with the natural inclination of these characters and made them so pathetically like D&D-esque. Like once you bring in the clerics, okay, you're leaning there. Now give me like the bard who just like starts with his like liar starts like composing. Well, he'd the, like, have to epic, come out like the epic when they, tale when they, of like defeating the RV <laughs> when they like couldn't get through the uh, the barrier and they had to like hang tight for a while. That's when the bard would come out. Yeah. So toss a mace at your Winnebago. <laughs> um, yeah. So they start shooting like flaming arrows and spears into this place. Buffy and Giles or Buffy and somebody are it's not Giles. Are moving, spike. Like, spike are moving like old vending machines to like block doors like they're pounding in through walls dudes are literally just like yeah like smashing through walls with axes yeah um the leader comes in and points the sword at dawn because uh the one guy had like outed the shiny shiny girl earlier yeah so this one well, buffy, this guy, buffy like takes this guy out in like a fraction of a second she just like throws something at his hand and knocks the uh the sword away and then just kind of like like walks past him and like tosses him into a wall or something like he goes down so fast yeah yeah um so it's like erected her magic force field the knights call up their fucking clerics 
And then, like these two old like Christian wizards come over and like start filling up the force field and the guys. Oh, we do we do get the uh, the black eyes and Willow there. Yeah, all black. Yeah, which I think they did in her. It's done a few other glory. times. Yeah, in the previous one, but the cleric's just like energy barrier, most powerful one, and he's like, "Can it be breached?" And the guy's like, "The witch's magic pales to the might of our god." Um, so these guys think they work for fucking Yawa, like. Are they just offended that Glory is like very sexy existence? Like it's the like, gates their one true god? It's like they've just been doing this since like the Crusades or something. Oof. So Willow thinks that like her force field will last for half a day if Heckle and Jekyll don't break it down first. So after dark, Buffy's like tied up General Gregor and she's like questioning him and he like refers to it's Dawn just like as a, the key to the Allow beast. me to info dump. Yeah. Um he says, No matter the key's been given breath and life, it's a link that must be severed. Buffy's like, you know, fuck your God for ordering this human to be put to death over this shit. And he's like, nah, it's too dangerous regardless of what her performance impressed into. Uh, Tara's having an episode. She says it's time. She wants to, like, rush out. Back at the brain juice wing, like, they're all yelling it's time. They break free of their restraints and knock out the nurse. It's time, it's time, whatever. Uh, the night sea, just as when Orlando is now saying it's time, so this is when the moment you talked about where his buddy just, like, stabs him. The what is it's line? like, there's nothing to fear, my brother. The beast may have taken your mind, but I swear to you, she will never know the taste of your heart. And you're like, Shiv. I was like, and then he's like, he has this like haunted look on his face. Like, oh my God, I can't believe I just had to do that. Clerics, I want the witch's bearer down now. It's just like, give me a fucking break. The way he worded it though, I was like, is he going to lick that knife? I mean, sure. Like, you know, be like, but I shall have the taste of your heart, brother. Um, and you say I'm the one who's obsessed with blood and whatnot. Earlier, you pondered if Dawn's first glimpse of a penis was this naked vampire. I'm not I, the only one who has thought that, okay? I'm just saying on this episode, we're one in one, buddy. Okay. Also, I haven't called Giles a chump yet. Am um, I wrong? Do they magically it might be an unfair. Him? Do they magically heal him between now and the gift? No, he goes to the hospital and uh, the way of the world. I mean, he's moving. He's moving pretty well. Yeah. Pretty good. <laughs> Two episodes. Like Joss or Joss is like yeah, the, the island healed him. Joss is like, I don't I don't recognize that wound. <laughs> I mean, again, I was like, well, surely Willow can just heal this, right? I had some other like off topic point, but I forgot what it was. Anyway, um I think this is where Giles just having uh one on one with Buffy here and he says he's so proud of how far she's come. Everything I watch her, everything I could have hoped for. He tells her she's even though I'm the... bleeding out here. Yeah, because I got to run through by a spear because I am honestly not a very good driver. This is, you know, I wouldn't normally be shitty about it, but I'd be like, "You've done the right thing," and I'm clearly dying only because of your great decisions. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, like, he will so do a, like a 180 uh, on her in two episodes. Sure, sure, yeah. Well, maybe he hadn't seen her go catatonic yet. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I guess they it's been a little hackneyed and a little forced, but they certainly driven Buffy to a place of desperation. Like she is fucked right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She's trapped with like a hundred nights outside. Um, she has no transportation and there's still the glory situation too. And glory you know what, knows who Dawn is. So yeah. You know what else she has? Nothing to lose. Actually, that's not true. Um, also, as Giles passes out, Buffy has an idea and she turns to Willow and she's like, Willow, open a door. And Willow's face is just like, bitch, you serious? And Buffy just goes out and she's like, parlay? She takes Sander, which, whatever. Whatever. Yeah, it's his soldier uh, training, right? Whatever. Comes in handy. 
but like the, the guy like ignores Buffy and it's like when fucking Xander like talks to him man to man, then they're they're like, Oh yeah, you you play to our honor, bro, or whatever. Ugh, gross. Yeah. Buffy is just like, Willow, could you conjure me like a Glock? Yeah. Because that could really help right now. Or just a flamethrower, yo. Yeah. I, I mean, whatever. Like, yeah, an AK forty seven. I'm gonna finish with your just say, One gun. One gun would take care of all these dudes with their swords. Well, you just said there's a hundred men. Okay, you need a few clips, whatever. I mean, yeah. maybe maybe if they like all lined their heads together. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Can you guys line up real quick? What's well, the, why? No reason. What was the joke where it's like, Michael Scott, if you had one bullet and you had to you had Toby and Adolf Hitler in a room, what would yeah, you do? And shoot Toby like, twice, yeah. <laughs> well, like the other like I want to say that the other thing was like have them put their heads together. Uh-huh. Anyway, Willow can do magic to make a payphone in the gas station work. She can't like heal Giles's busted chump gut. So they have to get permission to call in a doctor so they can tend to their wounded. Which, whatever. Um, well, Willow, Willow can yeah, Willow can make a payphone work. Yeah. So later, Ben drives up as the knights are all staring him down, and Ben's like, "Thank God you dummies only actually drove about thirty miles outside of town." Um. So Ben's driving. He clearly has some kind of control or whatever of the change into glory. Cause like, would she not have some point transmogrified into him or into her while he's driving? Like does glory know how to drive? Well, she doesn't get to choose when she comes out, but I mean, at some point, would she not have like turned in or turned into herself? He turned into her while driving. It's, it's possible. Yeah. But like the way what it's does set up, parents think the way it's set up, she is imprisoned inside his body, but over the years she has learned to come out. But it's it's like it just kind of happens randomly, seemingly. What did the parents think? Yeah, who knows? Um, and then like two was was she? Let's say Ben's fifteen, and he transmogrifies into Glory. Is it like Claire Kramer, or is it like a fifteen-year-old girl who's also a guy? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I wonder. Uh, anyway, so I mean, do the minions steal money for her? How does she afford the nice clothes in the? Suite? Where do the minions come from? Why was there only one minion at first, and then more kept showing up? Yeah. Oh, because I think for a while it's like you thought that they were the Order of Dagon that she's done something to, or for a while you thought it was like the Brain Juice people. I went and looked at the wiki to see if there's more info. There wasn't anything there, so no, it's 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 not fleshed out at all. I mean, like she's not getting the things she's getting off Ben's like shitty hospital wages, right? Um, yeah, yeah. How many days think. of work does he miss while being Glory? How, what, how does he hold down a job? What do you tell your boss in a hospital? Although, does, does for that matter, how does Xander? How does Xander hold down a job? Some of these uh, situations they get into. Yeah. Does so, hey man, you're supposed to do the cabinetry on the whatever house today. Yeah. Does Ben know who the Knights of Byzantium are? Um. He doesn't seem to flinch when he sees them, but it's unclear if he knows who they are. Which might just be a thing of being like, man, these guys, these guys fucking suck. And I'm Ben yeah. saying that. So you know anyway, something. He has stabilized Giles, but he needs to get out of here. Oh, he's hardcore flirting with Buffy and Spike's like, fuck this. Yeah. 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 And Buffy's like, oh, I'm sure this seems pretty weird to you. And he's just like, oh, I've seen things you wouldn't believe. He says, I won't leave until I've worn out my welcome. Too late. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the next room, Spike can't even light his own cigarette. So Xander comes over and lights it for him. I'm not sure Xander would do this. And Xander's just like, I hate you still, BTWs. And Spike's like, wanting to make a break for it, you know. And Xander's like, 
what are you gonna do like throw a migraine at him and so he's like i've been wanting to zing you back all day for the toss my cookies line i got uh-huh. you i got your ass um so spike's like you know some of us will die at least some of us will get away so when buffy comes in and she's like nope also this will be the exact opposite philosophy that she has in the gift with him yeah pretty much um so she's like they're all gonna make it no matter what blah 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 the general lols at this after witnessing it he and buffy chat he's like all right finally how about the 411 and the glory sitch um one of three gods from a dimension of unspeakable torment a demon dimension and blah 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 there was like like, a coup the two minor gods against glory want to imprison her he's like there was a triumvirate of suffering despair she had a lust for pain and misery. I, I want Buffy to be like, guy, do you like jack off when you recite these lines to yourself each night? Like, Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell dimension, pain and suffering. Get to the good part. Banish this lower plane of existence. Uh, trapped in the body of a newborn male. Crazer prison. It's the beast's only weakness. Is that really a good prison? I mean, uh, whatever. So Buffy's like, well, trapped in a man's body? Maybe. Men suck, right? Well, I mean, so... Glory has been around for, I think we learned uh, in another episode that Ben is 25. So Glory has been around for 25 years. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but these knights have existed for a thousand years. Yeah. So I guess I, they're just I, all about, they've been seeking the key the whole time. I don't know how they know about Glory. I would they like do. to point out, the only thing is, I think that's a great theory. The sad thing is, I have to call it a theory because i that's not the impression I totally get from the episode. Yeah. But yeah. your theory is the only thing that makes sense. Um. So Buffy reiterates, like, oh, so if the human vessel is killed, Glory will die. Everyone got that? <laughs> Dawn shows up, and she's like, what about me? And it's just like, uh, the, the key is almost as old as the beast itself. Where it came from, how it was created, the deepest of mysteries. Sure. How do these, how do these guys know that? Yeah, it's this? power is absolute. How do you know that? Countless generations of my people, their lies in search of it. Before its wrath could be unleashed. Okay. Oh, it just like I love the initially, like she just wants to open this door to dimension. The glory will go home, and it's like reasonable, fair, okay. <laughs> um, like it's not like she's sitting down for interviews with reporters who have dumb tattoos on their forehead, right? Yeah. Um. So this poor actor is playing this shit so intense; it's absurd. So once the key's activated, it'll open the gateway between all dimensions. Dimensions will bleed into each other, and the universe tumbles into chaos. Dark forever, blah, 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 blah. And Dawn is sad about this, but Buffy tries to cheer her up. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, it's it's a lot for, a, a what, a 15-year-old to take in here? Yeah, it's, it's heavy duty, man. And this is a girl who also just, uh, you know, lost her family it's almost like too much like it's you can't really wrap your head around that they're like oh i'm actually enter- dark energy that can collapse the uh dimensions together You're just like okay what you know like yeah it's it's almost absurd yeah um ugh. like yeah anyway so basically the universe will tumble into chaos and once the key is activated it will unleash 2020. Yeah. Uh, so then we get another scene here where Ben's washing his hands and then Gregor, the general, wants to talk to him. And a whole lot of, like, he he somehow, like, he, he's just like, everyone's going to die, but, like, you can stop this by just, like, going and killing Dawn over there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, he's like, oh, just go destroy it. And, like, 
that'll, that'll you'll all be fine. <laughs> and oh. they're they're trying to set up this thing where he's like coming over to Don and Giles, and he like starts Ben starts like filling up a syringe, and you're like, oh shit, is he about to like do something to Don here? But then nope, he's just like injecting Giles, and it was a big fake out. Yeah, yeah. Well, because he has this dialogue, it's just like terrible things happen to good people. Shouldn't, but it does. It's nobody's fault. And you're like, oh shit. Oh no, nothing happened. Yeah. So he does start to feel himself changing. He's like freaking out, demanding to be let out. And everyone's like, hey guy, what's uh what's happening here? You having a bit of a you've been having a moment here? And he like he turns into glory. Um this and- morphine effect is never particularly good. Not I know I know it's a long time ago, but yeah. Um I'll say this though, Claire Kramer looks great in dresses. She looks great in Ben's clothes too. She can work it. She works great in anything. Uh, so she <laughs> recognizes Gregor. And she's like, hey, it's Gregor. And I was like, seriously? She knows who this asshole is? And then she throws like a rim cap at him and kills him. And she's like, now it's not Gregor. <laughs> Although I'm just like going back and forth over that change. And like, it's definitely like, like Ben is like bigger than Glory, but they've like blown her up to be the size of Ben. And so, like, she, like, I don't know, the scale's wrong on it. It's it's clear that it's, like, different genes, you know? What's, what's the joke when we hate movies? Oh, shit, it's a giant woman! Yeah. Oh, God, is she going to step on me? Feet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Gloria's just like, little Ben finally did something right. And then she's like, oh, it's Gregor. You suck. And she just, like, throws a hubcap at him and, like, guts him. So she, like, knocks Spike into Xander. Take that, uh... She's just, Gloria just immediately grabs Dawn and like pieces out of here, punches her way through the ward, and then Buffy can't get through it. It's it's funny because she's like running out and she like slams like into this thing like a person walking into a glass door and she's like fuck and then she just punches a giant hole in it, yeah. which that hole then like reforms for Buffy like so Buffy comes and slams into it like a glass door, <laughs> like a glass door like when a cat runs into it, you know what I mean? Like not like yeah. it breaks. Um, and then by the time yeah. Will has got the the barrier down, which is like. 30 seconds at most uh buffy gets out there and all the knights are dead and glory is gone at dawn i mean did she like flash super speeded away like carrying dawn i guess i want to see it if yeah. you're going to start the episode of somebody comically carrying michelle trachtenberg you should also end it that's uh that's uh chekhov's comically carrying <laughs> michelle trachtenberg oh then we panda this is dante here again he's just yeah, like yeah. the beast i'm dead also, now I bagged on this guy's name being Dante earlier. Let me take a moment to clarify. His name is Dante Chevalier. <laughs> That's quite impressive. <laughs> oh, it's so fucking dumb. Um, so Buffy just kneels down and spirals into despair and goes catatonic. And Will's like, Buffy, we need you. Buffy, please. And Buffy's going catatonic. So I actually did watch The Way to the World. Okay. There's not a whole lot there. It's mm-hmm. just moving some chess pieces around before the finale and Buffy being catatonic and you see like her witnessing like her young self, like, you know, meeting her, you know, baby sister Dawn being born. Joyce is mm-hmm. in it, you know, uh, Christine's like trying to kill baby Dawn at one point, right? Yeah. Cause she, she ba- finally admits that like for a moment she gave up and she thought that it wouldn't be that bad if Dawn were to die because, you know, everything would be over because she knows yeah. she can't fe- defeat glory. And like kind of reminding us like death is your gift. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I I just, I feel like this episode was just like cleaning, cleaning things up. What's the lore that we need you to be thinking about as we go into the finale. And let's also get rid of these stupid nights. Yeah. 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 And then we'll be Um, moving into the gift 
the hundredth episode of Buffy, conveniently timed. Uh yeah. So again, end of end of sweeps, May twenty second. So biographical note. Yeah, I mean, you know, back then there were things that I liked that were, you know, benefit of hindsight. Stupid. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. Like what? Would, would you not agree? I'm just. I just in, in general in life. You mean? There's there's things you know like uh, media at the time that you were like. Oh, I'm super excited about this. And then like now you're like, that's was that's maybe dumb, whatever, of the time. I don't know. Um, I have pretty good taste. Okay, then I will <laughs> walk this gameplay. Can you either join no, me? No, I remember push me, push I remember going to sharks. going to see Batman versus Robin and thinking it was great until I saw it a second time and I was like, Oh, it's actually crap. Okay, so now that tangent. I saw that like meme going around Twitter the other day where like people were like, here's something like, for example, Batman versus Robin and read the passing of Joe Schumacher RIP. And there's like people like, oh, here's like 15 year old me like watching that and realize, oh hey, I'm gay. I remember going to see Batman and Robin as like a it was like a like a like a birthday outing to my movie. And I uh-huh. saw that meme and I was like, Man, I wish I could have watched that movie and thought, Oh, I'm gay. <laughs> I thought it was really cool. And then a bunch of people are like, no, it actually sucked. And I was like, really? And I went and saw it again. I was like, oh, okay. I kind of see what they're talking about. I remember having affection for Batman forever, you know, and, and like thinking like, that's bold how they like went. almost <laughs> the exact opposite of what's his name style. Dr. Chase Meridian's been getting a lot of play. It seems like lately. I, I have love for Dr. Chase Meridian. I have, Deep love for Dr. Chase Meridian. It's the car, right? Chicks dig the car. Anyway, uh, of this moment, May 22nd, 2001, when the gift aired. It was also the same day that Chuck Palahniuk's choke was published. And I got it the same day. And like stupid me, who was, I don't even know what age, was just like so excited that like my favorite TV show was airing its finale. And I had this ridiculous book that I could go read. You know, that actually reminds me. I remember, didn't like an album come out that day too? REM baby, I think. Was I think it, it was REM. REM because I think I was uh, up all day, mm-hmm. uh, that or up all night, like finishing an essay or something. All night. Yeah, and so I was like dead tired, but I remember going down to the bookstore in downtown Santa Cruz to get uh, the choke and probably like I think it was REM had a new album out, and like Buffy was out. It was just like a lot of stuff to cram at once, and I eventually just kind of passed out like a few chapters into choke. Um, mm-hmm. I, I was not a big fan of Choke, personally. I thought it was uh, okay, even at the time, and it probably does not hold up at all. Um, okay, 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 okay. But but did you go into it excited that it was coming out? Sure, yeah. I was on the okay. street team. They mailed me a bunch of you know little stickers to put up about Choke. Look at you, fancy yeah. boy. Um, so I was wrong. Reveal came out like the week before. Okay, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Oh, you're in the week. You're in the the wake of Reveal. Yeah. I really like that video for annotational art. Yeah, it's a good video. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. So this was just like, I don't know, like this moment, this stupid moment where I was like, there's so many great things happening today. If I die today, I'd be so happy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. Like this episode was was such a fucking experience of like watching TV, especially back when you really watched TV as it aired. And I just remember thinking like, okay, we know by now that like the show's going to come back on the UPN next season, but it was like, 
I I was like, you know, like this dumb version of me has like I've seen this this era of TV and it's great and I feel like I have these eyes to appreciate TV and what it can do and how it can entertain in, in such a new way. I'm not saying it's not a dumb, naive way of looking at it, but like it's kind of how I felt at the time. It was a big day in media, sure. Well, I just mean in, in general, like this, like these two episodes we talked about, not not including Spiral, like what shows were doing something so ambitious and surprising and entertaining. I mean, shows that I didn't care about that weren't in my genre. Like, I mean, I'm sure someone could be like, "Well, there was a really great episode of ER." I guess like, I I, I see me. I see the gift as being ambitious. I or not the gift, uh, the body is being like super ambitious. I, the gift is just like a good Buffy finale, but I don't feel like it's like really like trailblazing new ground. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like I've seen enough finales shit the bed in some fashion. Um, and this one just this one just hits a lot of good notes for me. Maybe we'll find out in the sheer number of top moments. How many do you have? Uh, I have five as usual. Um, I'm, I'm always going to have five. I, I limit myself. Oh, yeah. Didn't you give me a pithy remark on uh, Twitter the other day about you not being one to exercise restraint? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, joke's on you. My safe word is harder. <laughs> um, I have 11. Fuck off. I'm going to do it. Uh, 11. The previously on, where we get the sped up glimpse of every episode of oh, It was the Weezer the Green Album came out that day. Sorry. You were wow, Weezer. I, I was embarrassed about... Oh come on! We were all excited for Weezer to come back. We didn't. We didn't know what, what awaited us. It's the one after we, Pinkerton, right? It was. That was their big comeback album. Yeah. Yeah, that was the one where you realized this is not the same. Mm-hmm. And then Maladroit, I think, really confirmed it. And then, not to get all Matt Damon versus Leslie Jones here, but uh, no, the Green Album and Maladroit were like okay, and you're like, yeah, eh, you know. Yeah, but then but... it really started to go off a cliff. I really struggled with the stupid Twitter meme the other day of like the four albums from high school. I was like, all my albums are really weird. And a lot of them were like not of the time. Wow. Okay. Older. Well, like I, I was like immediately thinking of like nights staying up, listening to like some old Rolling Stones record. And I was like, I don't want to put that on and say that was a high school album, but it was. I mean, but you just Pinkerton, own it. Pinkerton would have been on that list. I was a Pinkerton bitch. Yeah. Pinkerton I don't know. Mine would have been like third eye blind and Version 2.0, been two for sure. I don't know what the was others really, would have been. Was that really when you were in high school? Version 2.0? That was high. That was in high school, and that came out. I'm pretty sure. When did that come out? Uh, let's see. Garbage. I like my clicky keyboard. This is good radio, baby. Oh yeah, yeah. It's 1998. I mean, the end okay. of high school, but. Okay. Okay. Oh, because an episode of special or uh, the song special plays in an episode of Dawson's Creek. So yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, 10, Ani trying to come up with something with some blue sky thinking for options to stop glory. And like Spike and Giles are giving her shit. And then she's like, boom, boom, Dagon Sphere, Olaf's magical hammer. Suck it. Yeah, she's like, what do I pay you people for? Yeah, I'm project manager on this bitch now. Mm-hmm. Nine. She really should be. Anya should be the one making the plan. She's a little unorthodox, but she needs to have her head on straight. I mean, the smartest thing that chump giles does put her in charge hire her as a manager of the magic box fucking chump (laughs) spent all his money on an old-timey cash register where she's like how about we put some money in this thing now in this antique anyway uh nine buffy telling willow she's the big gun the strongest person there 
Um, and then Buffy has an, an idea. Willow says she has an idea. She apologizes because she's been trying to help Tara. She knows that not where her focus should be. And I love that, you know, Buffy is like the weight of the world, all this Dawn nonsense. And she's just like, of course it is. Um, it's the exact thing that Buffy's doing. Then she and, does real quick um, on the weight of the world. Willow like takes over uh, when Buffy's like catatonic. It's a nice yeah. little Willow moment there where she yeah, yeah. becomes the, the leader she was always meant to be. Well, and sees Buffy in a way no one else has by literally going inside her head. Mm-hmm. Uh, eight, when they're getting weapons from Buffy's house and Spike tells her that even though she doesn't love him, even though he's a monster, she treats him like a real man and he appreciates That's it. your eight. Wow. Okay. Tied with him realizing he's failed at the top of the tower. Uh, seven. Are you not when, doing the tie thing where it's like now it goes to six? Sorry. I'm just fucking with you. No, I'm not. Because I, I wanted more. I wanted uh-huh. more. Uh, seven. When they get to the tower and Jaws is like, need anything? And Willow's like, I could use a little courage. Insert Spike's hand offering his flask. And she's like, uh, the real kind, but thanks. Uh, six. Xander wants to know why it has to be blood at these things. And this is when Spike is like, because it's always got to be blood, like, like black brain. Why do you think we eat it? Keeps you going, makes you warm, makes you hard, makes you other than dead. Of course it's blood. Uh, number one, I noticed because I feel like it ties into the theme of the show. It ties in a lot of Spike's themes, the direction, him following the direction of his blood. Two, I believe he snuck in an erection reference on network TV on a Tuesday. Oh, yeah. What's your five? My number five, the dragon. I just, the, what it represents to the kind of the dimensions bleeding together, those weird, like weird alien looking things, but just seeing the dragon fly out, it's pretty cool. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a little bummed they never really followed up on that in season six. Cause it, it's theoretically, it's a setup for a whole new season of Buffy where there's like new crazy demons and, mm-hmm. and stuff in Sunnydale. You know why that idea is so good? It's so good. I know that for a fact because they steal the same note at the very end of Angel. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, my five is just the scene in the basement of Xander and Anya, like the fucking, the sex robot, the bunny omen, the marriage proposal, but especially this exchange after they've, they've both misidentified something and she's like pervert. He's like other pervert. Uh, my number four, I wonder if this is on your list. When Willow says to Tara, don't worry, love, it won't be long. And then slap Tara just slaps her and goes, bitch. It's so, I don't know. You're like, Jesus Christ. Uh, no, it's, cool. it's incredibly jarring, but I don't know. It's, it's effective. I wasn't expecting it to happen, even though I've seen the episode before. No, but I'm, I'm glad you can appreciate it. Uh, number four is actually Buffy and Giles entire conversation in the danger room, calming on the fact that it's been at least six apocalypses now, but it feels like a hundred. Um, and then just her whole thing where she's just like, you know, I sacrificed Angel to save the world and I loved him so much, but I knew it was the right thing to do. And yet you won't sacrifice Don. Yeah. Well, she's just like, I don't have that sureness anymore. I don't know how to live in this world anymore if these are the choices. Fine. It could be just big choice fatigue. Yeah, I guess. I mean, that's where she's at. She lost her mom. So obviously losing another family member would be tough. Number three, one minion says, this will be our day of glory. <laughs> and the other minion says, nicely planned. And then he gets shot in the arrow. <laughs> I feel um, like the minions, were, it's got to be like in like a writer's room joke or something. They seem to have way too much fun with those guys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my number three is the big final fight in all its myriad forms, like magic hammers, swinging on chains high above the city and shit. The Buffy bot loses a head, and Gloria's just like, oh, shit, the Slayer's a robot. Did anyone else know the Slayer's a robot? And then Buffy appears behind her and says, Gloria, you're not the brightest god in the heavens, are you? 
She's got a lust for pain and suffering. My number two, apparently much higher than yours, even though you're a big Spuffy fan. Spike saying, I know you'll never love me. I know I'm not a monster, but you treat me like a man. And that's, get your stuff. I'll be here. Oh, you fucking feel it, don't you? Mm-hmm. Just feel it. Um, yeah. I feel like a lot of that really comes down to Jane's Marsters. I'd honestly, I know they've, they've talked about Buffy and Spike over the years. It's obviously a popular conversation, but it it really feels to me like there must've been strong dissent in the writer's room over the direction they wanted to go with this character. And a lot of it is like Jane's Marsters forcing their hand by being too charismatic and having too good a chemistry with Sarah Michelle Geller. Cause it really doesn't feel like they want to make him the love interest ever. He just kind of forces his way into it. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I don't. I, I. It's been a while since I've watched um, Supergirl, uh-huh. but um, my understanding of the people who are rightfully frustrated about them, like their fear to like have Supergirl and like Lena Luthor get together, is on the one hand they have incredible chemistry and they've like half written their friendship like it's a secret romance, anyways. I believe from what I'm understanding from like what the discourse that I've seen is that they've also written this guy into the show who's like supposed to be Supergirl's new like love interest, but like he sucks. And it's just like, like the just last a, dude. The, the last well, whatever that guy's name was, yeah. Monel that she mm-hmm. married. I, I feel like they they did at least some of the work there. Like my understanding from what I've seen, and I, I it's been years since I've seen the show, is like this guy's just shown up and he's handsome. Yeah. And so therefore I mean, it's that's the like, CW for you. Therefore, it's just like we, they, they, that's supposed to be the heat. Whereas, like, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it's not just that like James Marston and her have chemistry; like, they really are pushing it. But also, what are you going to do? Just create like some new random dude that you have to set up, yeah, and like you know, heat check her with. I really yeah, wonder I mean, if it's like a David Fury versus Marty Noxon thing because I, I mean, Marty ran the show in season six, and I feel like you you know what she's adding there. Like, she really wants to delve into the bad boyfriend type of thing. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if maybe, like, just the other writers didn't, or some of the other writers at least did not. Because it, it seems like there's a constant argument over, like, is is Spike just, like, this creepy asshole? Or is he the, uh, you know, the enemies to lovers, like, you know, redemption art character? Yeah, right. Yeah. He's, like, fan fiction Romeo. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, I, I have to wonder, like, if they were, like, here's the devil's bargain we make at the beginning of the season. We bring in Ben. We see how it goes. Yeah. Halfway through the season, he's either the guy or he's not the guy. <laughs> he was not the guy. Absolutely not the guy. Um, my number two moment is Ben's final moments when Giles is just like, <laughs> she's a hero, you see. She's not like us. And he's like, us? <laughs> it's bothersome. I don't have that on my list, but it is one of my favorite moments. Go, Giles. Getting, I mean, you know, you, Giles, you redeemed yourself. That's your, your just complete failure with that RV. I mean, you call this guy a chump, but like when Giles kills this dude, I think it moved. Yeah, that's fair. I respect it. Number one, uh, just, you know, Buffy's gift. The hardest thing in this world is to live in it. And the swan dive, um, just the the way that all plays out, the reactions of everyone. I mean, if you don't get a little choked up when you see the waterworks coming from Willow, you're not Mm -hmm. human. They just they they milk it like they're milking a cow and getting that sweet mm-hmm. milk out of it. The only thing that I will add, um, much like you added the dragon, is in the whole cacophony of like hell being unleashed. Like I, I enjoyed the dragon, but I also LOL'd at the like combo xenomorph cenobite things. Yeah. 
I was like, oh shit, what are those guys? I'm terrified. <laughs> Would I like to live deliciously? All right. Well, uh, let's jump into the episode. Did you have the previously on the, the one you watched? I believe so. Well, no, I had the the um previously on Buff the Vampire, like uh, Welcome to the Hellmouth, and then going into like the, the quick flash of every episode. Okay, but so that's the previously, yeah, where it like it, it shows everyone oh, yeah, yeah, introducing yeah. themselves and it gets faster and faster. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, this is definitely like July is my number 12 moment, you know, created as the series finale. And then mm-hmm. I don't know if they knew yet whether or not they were moving to UPN at the time, but certainly could have been a series finale. Well, I mean, you know, previously we'd learned that death is Buff, death was Buffy's gift, but also uh, we've effectively counted down from 730. Mm-hmm. Called the shot a few, a few seasons ago. Yeah. So we start with uh, just kind of a classic little vignette here of some dude running scared from a vampire and the vampires found him and cornered him and he's like don't hurt me and then like just a door opens and buffy leans out and she's like hey what's going on uh this kid is like painfully nerdy yeah like, the only thing is missing his glasses really like with the tape around the bridge yeah yeah but buffy's just like well, got to do my job, basically. <laughs> like, oh, you haven't heard of the Slayer? Jeez. Yeah. And she's just like, wow, been a long time since I know what I didn't know. And he, the nerd's like, how'd you do that? You're just a girl. And she's like, that's what I keep saying. And she Love goes it. back inside. It'll, yeah. It's what I do. Yeah. You're just but a I mean, girl. It's what I keep saying. I, I fucking I remember watching this and watching that previously on and being like, oh, shit, this is heavy duty. And then this scene, I don't know, like. It just feels like, wow, what a confident flex after like the last few episodes we've watched. Well, it feels like almost like a coda. Yeah. Uh, like a pre-coda, you know, it's just like, hey, this is this is where we started from. This is Buffy still a slayer. Well, the the lesser, I don't know, stupid example I can think of, though, is, is what I'm saying is when you watch an episode of Sherlock, I, I don't think you can see the credits and you can still know which one is a Stephen Moffat episode and which one is like the other guys. <laughs> You know what I mean? Uh, Mark Gaddis. Well, I mean, like, like there's a there's a Moffat episode, and there's a Mark Gaddis episode, and there's like a third one. And it's like, yeah, I can tell this is the third one. Hmm. It's just you know not as good. Yeah. Uh, whereas this, it's like, hey, I think the show creator Joss Whedon might be writing this one. I don't know. I don't want to praise him too much, but you know, uh, so I, he, credits. He's a he has a lot of uh, problems and flaws for sure, but he is a very good writer. Which Indeed. I don't know. I feel like sometimes when we don't want to, you know, cancel one of these assholes or being a shithead, it's like we have to suddenly pretend like they weren't good at their job or something. You know, it's like no, he he can be a, a bad human being, but still be a pretty good writer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are Woody Allen movies that I enjoy. I'm also fine of him never making another dollar off his art again. Mm-hmm. Um, so after the credits, uh, Buffy comes back in the magic shop and you know tells him she killed a vampire, and she's like, <laughs> vampire, uh, usual. Uh, whole school games. We haven't had a lot of vampires this season, yeah. Yeah, I just, that's it's kind of funny. It's just like the show's still called Buffy the Vampire Slayer, right? Um, the whole Scooby gang is there, and like they've gone over the ritual. You know, they know that Buffy doesn't want to hear what they have to say, but you know, for our edification, she will have them go over it one more time. And Giles is just like, in case you've been checked out for a while, keys living energy needs to be poured into the specific places every time. Opens the door to all dimensions. Uh, whatever, if whatever stopped, the walls go back up. If not. Uh, you know, blood flows, gates open, gates close, well, they, close no more. The the key is triggered by bleeding dot 
in Bleeding Dawn, and so as long as she's bleeding until she's dead, the key, the doors remain open between dimensions. So once it starts, they have to kill Dawn, essentially. Like, if, mm-hmm. if they can't stop Glory before she starts the ritual and cuts Dawn, then they got to kill her. Yeah, and, uh, like, let's stop before it. Yeah, and big kind of blowout argument with Giles. I, I like this from Giles, where he's just like, we bloody well will discuss it, you know. Uh, I'm surprised it didn't end up on either of our moments. <laughs> It's it's a good moment because you're kind of waiting for somebody to be like, can we just fucking be realistic for once here, Buffy? Well, and and Giles's thing is like, you know, I, I my goal, my I'm like sworn to the mission. The yeah, mission we're trying to the protect world. the world, not just your sister. And by the way, your sister's not real. Just, yeah. just I, I'm gonna be the asshole and say that your sister's not real. Well, and then here's kind of an angle that I don't recall from season five. You know where you know she's not like no she's not my sister she's like no they made her out of me yeah i don't recall them ever specifically saying that they made her out of her uh, buffy says i hold her and i feel closer to her than it's not just the memories they built it's physical dawn is a part of me so this is basically just all like our little catch that we can use at the end of the episode so dawn doesn't have to die basically yeah well, and- and Giles has got a good point. He's like, well, okay, then everyone will suffer if the ritual started, including Dawn. And she's yeah. like, well, then the last thing she'll see is me protecting her. And Giles is like, well, you just got all the comebacks, don't you? I like when Willow's just like, uh, she's like, uh, we'll solve this. We will. Don't have another coma, okay? Yeah, yeah. Burn. Well, also, uh, you know, please don't put me in charge again. A little. Bit, Honestly, uh, I feel like Willow should be in charge. Buffy's uh Buffy's like like uh President Jed on the West Wing when his daughter's been kidnapped. Like she's not thinking straight. She needs to be removed from office. She needs to she's incapacitated and it's time for Will to take over. In case you were wondering, crime, who boy is when I decided to kill your little sister. Yeah. Uh no, I mean I, I don't think Willow thinks that she's ready to be in charge again. You did fine, uh, Willow. You did a hell of a lot better than Buffy did. Just saying. Um I'm glad that you're there to give her that pep talk. And then as you do, Tara will slap you across the face and yell, bitch. <laughs> so Xander suggested they, cause also, by the way, now like they, they, Ben is like turned evil. He's sided with glory. They made a deal, but the like spell has dropped. So they all know about the Ben glory connection. So Xander's ben is like, glory. Yeah. Xander's like, you need to suspect there may be some connection between glory and Ben. Yeah. Well, I think also that's kind of again the, the two for moments though, because like Spike being a vampire was the only one who 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 got it. Well, they they like, do arrive at a place at the end of the season. You're like, oh, look at that! It all fits together now. It was a little bit of a bumpy ride getting there. Yeah, which I think a lot of times if you if you have a lot of, I mean, that's how writing works. You have a mm-hmm. lot of disparate moments that you don't know how they connect, but they're all solid. It wouldn't shock me you if Dross had a lot of this. Find a way. Yeah, it wouldn't shock me if Dross had a lot of this early, and it was just like we need to get to here, type yeah. type of thing. Yeah, but I mean, anyway, so in the previous episode, you're kind of siding with Spike briefly because he's the one who gets it, and you're watching them all comically not get it. Anyway, Xander suggested they kill Ben, and Giles is like, "Yeah, hand wavy. I don't think Ben will resurface again. <laughs> this close to the ritual. Nice, nice, nice try though." Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. So Willow's like, "What if we just distract Glory? You know, she can only do this one time. So if we stop her from doing it that one time." We good. Yeah. Um, I'm just looking at, I like uh, Anya's idea about making uh, Glory a little frog and then smashing it with a hammer. Yeah. Um, 
Also, I mean, Buffy is she's the Vision and Captain America all roll into one here. Like the whole, you know, nobody can pick up that hammer. It's like way too strong. She just like picks it up immediately. And then this whole like uh, her whole philosophy is kind of echoed in Infinity War. Captain America is like, we don't trade lives. Yeah. But, Um, you know, eventually Vision, much like Donnelly's tried to, is like, it's it's too late. We've got to trade lives. Like, I'll sacrifice myself. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Someday we'll do those movies on the pod. Well, we did. I mean, technically, well, yeah, but I mean, like, for real, you know, like, not not just after seeing it once in theater. Glory's like, you could not live if you're failure. So look where it brought you. Back to me. me. Um, Thanos has some great meme lines for sure. Those movies may not hit the the highest of highs that that somebody like Joss Whedon is capable of, but uh, they're memeable for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, again, you got to appreciate, even if you don't like a scrotum chin, a guy who's like, that's my shot. That's where I'm going to go. And everyone's like, nah, we're going to stop you. And then where does he end up at the end of the movie? Exactly where he said he would. Anyway, uh, in Glory's like staging area at this like construction site, like Ben shows up in Glory's outfit. Uh, he wants like Dawn to put on this special dress for this ceremony, and she's defiant. Like, you know, what if she hates she's the outfit? Like, I hope you hit your head and drown. Yeah. Well, I like this whole thing where he's like trying to be like not kind, and maybe a little <laughs> kind, but also like get his way. He's just, like, or he's like, it'll look. be quick. Yeah, and the monk's like, actually, sir, the bleeding is quite a slow process to give the portal time to, and he's like, Nix. <laughs> Um, so Don demands that Ben change the glory because at least, you know, she's up front about what kind of monster she is. So remember when Ezra said Nix, I did. That's why I said it. Yeah. Um, so Ben changes in the glory and glory Glory calls him Benji here. Just want to point that out. Yeah. Yeah. This is where it was born. Or was Uh, it really? Is that where you got it? No, I was, I was thinking of the dog actually. Okay. But this, this fits too. Okay. Hmm. 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 Okay. Um, so Gloria says, like, you know, she's like kind of defending Ben. More of a she's... cat person. Yeah? How many cats do you have? I mean, I like I myself feel as though I am a cat. Go on. Mm-hmm. Like if I was if he's like you're much more of a dog than a cat. I'll I'll put it that way. I'm more of a cat than a dog. Hmm. 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 Unpack that a little bit more. Let's uh let's pull on that that thread, that string. I just want to lie around all day and knock, knock stuff off the counter. But every once in a while, you and just Lord like over throw, everyone. you just like throw one leg in the air and just get down there and start cleaning yep. things. Yep. Nice. <laughs> hey, pandemic's working out great for you. <laughs> You're like, look what I can do. I don't need to leave the house. <laughs> anyway, Glory's um, having her little showdown with Don. And there's a lot of dialogue about how like, um, like she Buffy's not gonna save the day, she's tossing her around. Basically just being intimidating. Yeah, I mean, and there's a the whole thing where she's just like, you know, it's the nagging humanity of Ben that's kept me from killing all of you. Make me go for the hurts and everybody got that. That explains it. That's why yeah. I haven't be- beaten the crap out of Buffy yet. Yeah. So uh in the like the danger room area in the back of the magic box and Buffy's like punching the punchy bag. This is when Giles comes in, they have a little chat. Um This kind of reminds me I th- think it's an house made to love you it's the whole bit where she's like mad that spike has a crush on her and she's like wailing on a punching bag and then we see it's xander in a suit (laughs) pretty funny little moment uh this is kind of like the um i don't know like definitely after this i don't think we ever really see giles 
ever the way we saw him in the first few seasons. Well, Giles is going to peace out. He's going to be a special guest star after this season, Anthony Sir Headwell. Right, so, right. But I mean, like, he's he's going to be, like, kind of her, like, like not just physically, but, like, just distant father figure who who she doesn't always agree with and he doesn't always well they inspire they, they, they've had a, a break yeah here it, it won't be the same anymore between them yeah um though i would say i don't know i'm kind of curious what are people's like what are people's th- feelings on like the hottest Giles ever was i kind of think it's the end of season six when he's like facing off against willow i don't remember it's been a like long he time. comes back as like the sexiest giles of all time like, he's okay. got a little bit of magic Anyway, um, so Giles tells her, you know, that he loves Dawn, but he's wanting to protect this world, and that means saying or doing things the others can't or shouldn't have to. And uh, Buffy's just like, you tried and hurt her, and you know I'll stop you. And he's like, I know. So, yeah, yeah there's glass between them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So this is the whole thing where, you know, how many apocalypses has it been? There's 100 episodes worth. Uh, she sacrificed Angel. She loved him, but she had to do it. Um, she she says quit after if, this. if Dawn dies, then she quits. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which she will in a lot of ways. Uh, she tells him the spirit guy told her that death is her gift. So, you know, maybe being a slayer just makes you a killer. Um, I like this little bit where Dawn is changing the dress and she's like carefully arranging her clothes and her shoes, even though she'll probably, you know, theoretically never come back to them. But yeah. it's like that's what she's holding on to as some sort of um, kind of minor control that she has. I like to think that like a lot of uh, Glory's like very sexy. 25 years spent on this planet were like watching like bad horror movies because she comes in at one point she's just like okay campers it's almost stab time <laughs> and we see the big tower that has been erected a bunch of just scaffolding and you know metal that they've welded together to like a big diving board up the top there it's kind of like uh like a loose like like oil derrick like structure kind of but taller Ish. i wonder what that was originally maybe it was an oil derrick that they just added on to yeah. Um, I don't know, hundred feet in the air. Yeah, it's ish. high. Yeah, it's highish. Yeah. Um, and the idea is that they will bleed her from like the gangplank, and like uh, the blood will fall a little bit, and then open this massive portal in the sky. Shallow cuts. You can, Shallow cuts that you can jump into. Um, so after the commercial, like Giles comes to check like what's going on in the base in the magic box, and like Xander and I were supposed to be looking for the Dagon sphere, but instead they were smashing. Just a little pre-apocalypse bone. Can't fault yeah. him for that. Um, and then more euphemisms after Giles leaves, Xander's like, so are you more relaxed? Cause it sounded like you arrived. <laughs> and she's like, no, I mean, yes, yes. But, uh, a fleeting moment. Sorry, Xander. Oh, by the way, just, uh, Xander and his, uh, you know, ever devolving self when Anya was like, had all those great ideas. Xander's like smart chicks are so hot. And well, it's like you couldn't have figured that out in tenth grade. Yeah. Mm. Um. So he finds the Buffy bot. Uh, he can't believe they just like, melted down for scrap. And on his like, maybe Willow wanted it. And he's like, I don't think Willow feels that way about Buffy. I mean, she's gone through a lot of changes, but and on his like to study it, not for sex. Yeah. And he's like, oh right, robotics science. And this is when she's just like pervert. He's like other oh, pervert. Uh, and then she walks over, looks down, and screams. It's like, oh, my God, who could put something like that there? And it's just like a stuffed bunny. And then it's like she gets, like, uh, this great little monologue. It's just like, it's like it's a Joss Whedon episode, so he just, like, squeezes in, like, half a page of just, like, a great Anya monologue. Or this is an omen. This is an omen. It's a higher power through bunnies. We're all going to die. 
Um, yeah. Supposedly, she was supposed to die in this episode. Yeah. I mean, they, they delayed that till season seven. I don't know. The way Joss Whedon, like, he's quoted as saying that, like, she was supposed to die except she was moving in Nicholas Brennan's arms. I think he's being sarcastic he's when he joking. says that. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the thing about Joss Whedon's interviews is that he's incredibly glib and sarcastic, mm-hmm. but he's often quoted verbatim. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, wow, they were actually going to kill Anya, if not for the fact that Emma Caulfield moved during a scene. It's like, no, not really. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, he's dry in a way that doesn't help if you're just uh, transcribing his words. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so she's got this whole thing about just, you know, I love you so much. Instead, I have to have a pr- inappropriate time sex and try to think of ways to fight a god and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, I don't think I could be more nervous than I am right now. And he's like, care to wager on that? And he like holds up a ring to reveal he's proposing. And I think she just like, uh, she slaps, slaps him. him. Yeah. yeah. And she's like, uh, he's like, is that a maybe? And she's like, you're proposing to me? You're proposing to me because we're going to die. And you think it's se- romantic and sexy. Uh, and you know, we're not going to have to go. You're not going to have to go through with it because it's the end of the world. I, uh, I agree with Anya here. I feel like Xander isn't really thinking this through all the way. Because he's certainly so far on the show not exhibited the level of commitment and affection to Anya that you'd think marriage is the logical like next step for. Uh, I tend to agree with you. Or I could see where it's like he's been planning this for a while. He's just picked the wrong moment and hasn't like but, set it up. Sander, you're 20. Come on. I mean, I, I here's my, I don't know. I'm an amateur, like everyone. Here's my theory about proposing. Don't like make it the comeback because you feel like you know what I mean? Like it's not like it's not like we're riffing on a jokes here. And it's like, ooh, you set me up for the perfect comeback, which is pop ring box. You know what I mean? Like I mean my my theory on engagements is that uh don't do it in public where there's gonna be a massive pressure on somebody to say yes. Word. And it, it shouldn't really be a question. Like you shouldn't not demand. know what you shouldn't not or you shouldn't not know what the answer is it's a statement yeah um it shouldn't be like well i don't know it's gonna be 50 50 whether she says yes or not how do you feel about the uh i've never understood this and i've seen it so many times in movies and tv shows the uh ring and the champagne glass <laughs> what is that <laughs> i've only I've, i can't remember what it is i've only ever seen one where the person drank it and swallowed it by accident Oof. but i mean like i'm just all about the uh when it isn't going well, so you just like shake your head at the waiter who's bringing it over it, kill it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I feel like I saw that recently. There yeah. was a yeah, somebody tweeted about that recently. <laughs> um, yeah, so upstairs, like Buffy's like sitting with Willow, like to see what idea she's come up with, and this is the thing where she's you know Willow's like I'm not good under pressure, and it's like I don't know Willow, maybe this episode was written before the last episode was written where you were pretty like, all right, completely took charge, and like we're great. Yeah. I right, got. got Got James Taylor's stamp of approval. Uh-huh. He didn't call her a chump. So that's that's something. Um, that's right. Then Buffy's just like, you're the strongest person here. Don't you realize that? You're my uh, big gun. Yeah. Um, I, 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 said, I, I just enjoy this moment where, you know, like Willow's like, I'm sorry. I've been thinking about Tara so much the last few days. I shouldn't be thinking about that. And Buffy's just like, a fucking course you should be. Um, so Willow thinks that she can reverse the brain juicing, which will like either weaken or distract Glory. Which or make I like all their heads she, explode. I like that she does that, but it's like, fuck these other people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those other guys sucks to be you. Maybe you'll get better when glory dies. Maybe not. I don't know. Well, we see them though. They're still effectively, you know, crazed out or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. 
So Buffy goes to talk to Giles, Xander, and Anya. Uh, and this is the moment you love. It's like your number three <laughs> moment or whatever. It's my number four. Okay. <laughs> How does it go again? Uh, don't worry, love. It won't be long. <laughs> Bitch. I, you know, okay, this is shitty. Like, no, have you ever seen it. The Miracle Worker? No. What is it? The the Helen Keller movie. Um, oh, um, I mean, maybe like in grade school. I watched it in eighth grade, or they played it for us yeah. in eighth grade. And I was like, I feel real bad. I was like, is this a comedy? Like, there's so wow. much like, slapping wow. of people. Okay. Uh-huh. I, was, I, I was just like, I don't know why, but like, I'm not feeling the melodrama in a way. As it sucks. Anyway, um, whatever. I'm garbage. We know this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll so just take canceled. it. Yeah, I'm taking people down <laughs> with me. No, um, you know what though? There's no pictures of me partying with Jeffrey Epstein. I'm pleased about that. That we know of. Fuck. I just have to say that. Um, so they've got the Dagon Sphere. <laughs> so Willis has to take it though, like and reaffirm that she's gonna get her girlfriend back. Um, but yeah, presumably Buffy's just been told about the Buffy bot and she's into it. Yeah, there'll be the little secret weapon here. Um, so Spike I, teases. Mm. Sorry, go ahead. I was like, Spike teases Xander for being a glorified bricklayer, and he's just like, "Also, I'm a pretty good bowler. That's all going to come up again later." <laughs> Swell bowler, and uh, Ani says he has his own shoes. <laughs> <laughs> the gods themselves do tremble. Spike's just got to be like, "You two have really boring sex, don't you?" I mean, have you even had sex on a catwalk at the bronze while your friends dance below you? Come on. They just haven't lived. No. Uh, back to Buffy's house to get more weapons. Buffy takes Spike with him or with her, but uh, he can't come in because he was uninvited. And it's just, it's like, wow, this is awkward. Well, she, it's played really well, though, because he's like, he's like, he doesn't want to say, he doesn't want to remind, he doesn't want to touch on the awkwardness again. He's just like, if you just want to hand me the weapons, it's cool. And she says, come in, Spike. So he comes in, and he's like, we won't bother with the small stuff. And they're getting all their weapons. And Buffy's like, we're not all going to make it. And he's like, yeah, I'll go down fighting. And Buffy's like, I'm kind of on you to protect Don. And he's like, till the end of the world, even if that happens tonight. Which I feel like should haunt him even more. Yeah, and then he has this line, you know, I know you'll never love me. I know I'm a monster, but you're treating like a man, so... Nice little moment for them. And then back up to Don. He's been tied at the end of this uh, plank here, or this platform up above the city. I'm guessing this is all green screen, right? I presume. I mean, unless yeah. they really just. Yeah. Pretty cool vista behind them of the, the town. Uh-huh. It looks really good. Like, it doesn't look. I mean, it doesn't look real, but it doesn't look fake. Like It, it doesn't fake. look like glaringly badly composited. It probably helps that it's at night. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, the the actual dawn to come, like, looks magically right. Yeah. Like, emotionally um, right, yeah. Back at the magic shop, there's kind of, like, a cool tracking shot here where you, like, track past, like, Xander and Anya staring into each other's eyes, past Tara looking at something and, like, moving through the magic shop to Buffy and Spike coming in and meeting Willow. I don't know, it's a neat shot. Yeah. So their plan is essentially like they're already it's just let Tara go free and they'll just follow her to glory. So yep. as Tara realizes that they're like not going to stop her anymore, she like points at Giles and yells, "You're a killer." <laughs> that also is too. Um, 
So Buffy's just like, everyone knows their jobs. Remember, the ritual starts, we all die. And I'll kill anyone who comes near dawn. So she just like storms <laughs> off. Um, great, Buffy. Great. Oh, I'm sorry. Giles is clutching his side where he was. Oh, yeah. So, there you go. It's continuity, bitch. Yeah. So this is the, the, you know, not exactly the straight Christmas Day speech, was it? And Giles is like, we few. We happy few. And then the, the twist of the line is uh-huh. like says, we band of buggered. So Sneaky. That, brothers. Uh, there's also a sign there that says, No parking in the back. Violators will be toads. <laughs> nice pun. I, I would shop here. I don't know if I would go in as What would you buy, though? Just like some crystals? Uh, something that will do something magical for my dingling. Some, sure. some incense. Maybe some tea. Some sort of like uh, some magic pills, maybe. Some, not pills. Some kind of fancy tea. That okay. will probably, best case scenario, like give me the shits that I don't realize. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like hot magic tea shits. Um, so we get to the construction site. We see the, the tower and realize that Dawn has to be bled from up there to allow the room for the portal. Um, this, this is, is the, the, uh, the courage joke here. <laughs> Can use a little courage. <laughs> Flask comes in from out of frame. Yeah. Also, I would have kind of- taken a belt. I mean, come on. Everybody take a belt. Yeah. I mean, we're about to go into battle. Let's go loosen up a little. Yeah. I mean, the relationship of booze to vampires is interesting only because do you do you remember the the Italy episode of Angel? Italy, yeah, where they where where Angel and Spike go to take on the immortal. Very vaguely. All right, so they're flying from. Wasn't from, like Buffy dating him or something? Well, ultimately, fake Buffy was, but that was the okay. idea. Um, so the one of the comical moments is that they're taking this private jet from L.A. to Italy, which is you know not a quick flight. Sure. And we see this like kind of, you know, pan over to see that they've just been like crushing their way through those little mini bottles of booze. Like they've each probably taken down like 20 and they're like, damn, our vampire constitution that we just can't get drunk. And it's like, I feel like Spike's getting where he needs to get with a flask of booze. You know, he maybe mixed that booze with the uh, the blood, like a little little Bloody Mary, so to speak. Yeah, a little Bloody Mary. Um, but I mean, yeah. like. He gets drunk enough to like get at it with Anya after like a like a single bottle like wild turkey in season six. Do you, re- do you really need to get drunk to have sex with Anya? No, you don't. All right. Anyway, we are <laughs> this, uh, at this the is getting weird. Yeah, at the throwdown here. Oh, uh, uh, the, the brain juice people are doing construction, which is funny to me. Yeah, they're just like welding and shit. <laughs> um, Tara just like picks up a brick, and then Gl- Glory shows up, and she's like, "What are you doing here?" Cause she recognized her and then Tara or Willow pops up behind them both. And she's like, she's with me and like sticks her hand into like both their heads and there's lightning and they all scream and everyone gets blown apart. But uh, that seems to have done the job there. And Glory's all like, what the hell did that bitch do to me? And there's like a hole in my head. Yeah. She's like discombobulated and she's like, I need a brainy. And then she sees somebody and she's like, well, I guess I could just eat yours. And then we see it's, it's Buffy in quotes. And she's like, okay, then come and get it. I don't know why. It's, I mean, whatever. It's the Buffy bot. I don't know why the Buffy bot and Buffy needed to change clothes. Like, other than to fool the audience. I don't know. They're just fooling Glory, too. Yeah. I mean, they're not fooling Tara. Tara doesn't care, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um. So she's, I mean, she definitely plays slightly different in this sequence. Like, you, when you watch it, it the second time. Yeah. I mean, Geller does a good job of, uh, doing the kind of over enunciation and kind mm. of prim and proper. But I mean, it's written in a way where like the first time you don't quite know 
Um, yeah, yeah. So she like tosses the dragon sphere at, at, at Glory, and she catches it. Glory I would have held on to that. Glory crushes it in her hand like it's a Sith Wayfinder. That's why I would have held on to it because it's clearly affecting Glory. Because mm-hmm. Glory's like she's feeling very weirded out and like, oh, something's not right. Um, so the, the dragon sphere is helping. Just like wear it like a chain around your neck. Like, yeah, like, like it's a giant clock. And then it's uh, this is the uh, this will be our day of glory. <laughs> Just called um, out to nice, me. Nicely planned. Well, it just called out to me. Um, so Scooby's attack. Giles has an axe. Anya just has a baseball bat. <laughs> Anya's wailing on the baseball bat. Spike shot the arrow and is just kind of staring at his crossbow like, huh, what to do now? Well, then he dives at three people at one time, which I thought yeah. was funny. It's like a uh, dude with like a whole like uh, like halberd or whatever here. Yeah. So up at the top of the tower, we get a quick shot of like Don maybe watching all this. Buffy and Glory keep fighting. Uh, Willow recovers, goes to check on Tara. Like Tara's like seemingly okay again. And she's just like, I got so lost. Willow's like, I found you. I always find you. Um, and she slaps her and says, "Bitch." No. <laughs> <laughs> I do like the shirt slap. <laughs> yeah. Buffy like is like throws uh, Glory onto some a pile of bricks and then just like punches through a bunch of bricks. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So this is when Glory's had enough and knocks Buffy's head off. Yeah, and it's like, oh, twist, it was the Buffy bot. You're yes. not the brightest god in the heavens, are you? So real Buffy shows up and smacks Glory with that magical hammer. Um again, this is like this is the kind of thing where it's like I find this comical, just the way she's just like kachonk over this giant hammer and she like goes flying. I don't know, it's 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 almost like three stooges esque to me. Yeah. Um I, I think they do put in a, a hand wavy line in one of these episodes that like the spell they used on Adam wouldn't work or something. Because like why wouldn't they have used that again? Right, but right. we can just like turn glory into butterflies or something. Yeah, yeah. Now that's in your arsenal. Um, so Buffy hears Dawn like calling to her. She starts making her way to the top of the tower, and Glory follows. And like they're There's fighting like on this, fighting fighting up the tower on the scaffolding. Yeah, like swinging on chains and shit. It's wild, baby. Um, like Buffy just keep, keeps trying to get higher, and Glory keeps like stopping her. And then at one point they like fall from this section of the tower. Probably a good fifty feet or so they fall. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, that that to me that argues then that the tower has got to be like three hundred feet because like where Spike falls from feels like it's much much higher. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then Buffy's maneuvered Glory right into a corner, which is uh, perfect timing. Oh, what are you gonna hit me with now? And then boom, like a giant wrecking ball comes through because that was Xander's contribution is to operate like a big crane and a wrecking ball. Yeah, something something something. Xander comes in like a wrecking ball. Um, he's just like glorified bricklayer picks up a spare. And then I guess they are Scooby's evolved and beaten back and are like hiding from like people throwing bricks at them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's still like, I don't know, 20 people or so in hiding the, the staircase up there. And then <laughs> and this is when, Oh no, first we have to beat the shit out of glory here. It's so. taping my notes so fast. That this is what the sentence reads as there's a funny bit here where spike lifts his head to pee around the corner and get hit in the head by something. Yes. I believe it's peak. Um, yeah, so like Giles tells us there's only a few more minutes left to start um, because the assumption is that Glory has to start it. I feel like this time limit was not always there throughout the season. It was just like Glory needed her key, but it turns out Glory needed her key for this one specific moment. Well, it's I think we were complaining about it last week was when one of the minions walks in. It's just like, Glorificus, you have to act soon if you're going to use the key. And it's like, yeah, you mean in May? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, uh, so Buffy's just like wailing on Glory with that magic hammer, and then up 
top, Dawn is, you know, kind of like freaking out. And then, oh, she sees somebody. It's it's Doc. And she's like, oh, please help me. She's coming. Uh, in the previous episode, Doc, we found out, was evil and seemingly killed by Xander. But nope, he's back. And he's like in a suit for some reason. And he's Xander creepy. or Spike? I think it's Xander who kills him, actually. They, like, run through with a sword or something? Yeah, yeah. Like, he, like, ran some kind of shop or something like that? And he's, like, toad. He has, like, a weird, long uh, tongue. Yeah, he, he's, like, some kind of demon in the underworld who, like, knows shit. Who they, so they go to him to, like, see if he knows anything about where Glory is. That's where they get all the info about how the ritual works. Well, you know what happens to a toad when it's struck by lightning, don't you? Yeah, the same thing that happens to everyone else. Um... Yeah, so like Don's pleading for him to like help her and untie her, and then she realizes that he's not going to help her as he pulls out a big ass knife. Yeah. Hey, kid, want to see a trick? And he like winks at her and like holds out this like giant knife. And I guess he's just playing effectively creepy, creepy like old man, creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so after commercial, like Xander's joining the other Scoobies. Like Spike sees that there's someone up there on the on the on the gangplank of Dawn, and so he starts getting like like telepathic orders from Willow, like to get up there. Actually, Willow and Tara do the the move where they hold hands and like blast these people apart from the stairway, mm-hmm. so Spike can run up there. Yeah, like the, the crazies and the minions. So uh, he sees Doc as he gets to the top. He gets up there fast, and uh, he's just like, "Doesn't a fella stay dead when you kill him?" And he's like, "Oh, lol, look who's talking." And uh, Spike really gets the drop on himself here because, come on, Spike. I mean, this dude just somehow like just like wiggles around right behind him well, suddenly. He has super speed. Does he? Yeah, he like zooms super fast around Spike. I mean, one time only. He wasn't well, super fast before. Would you argue that this is a chump move on Spike's part? A little bit, yeah. Okay. Come on, Spike. You fucking okay. chump. <laughs> Set off the jump the jumpometer. Yeah. That's a new All uh, he had to do was not fall. It's a new segment on Head Cannon. Like we do the chump rankings. Who's the biggest uh-huh. chump on this this thing? Uh, so like Buffy and Glory's still fighting, and like Glory's lamenting that it isn't fair since like Buffy's just immortal. I like the uh, you just couldn't understand my pain, and Buffy's like, "Well, I just have to settle for causing it." Oof. And Glory's like, "You can't kill me," and Buffy says, "No, but my arm's not even tired yet," and she's just fucking wailing. Uh, and then Spike has been stabbed by Doc, but now he's like between Doc and Dawn. Come on, Spike, uh, and. Doc is like kind of surprised like why do you even care I don't smell soul on you and he's like I made a promise to you lady and he's like oh yeah and he like shoots his weird tongue at Spike and he dodges it and then this dude just like sweeps Spike from you know like sweeps the leg and like somehow like gets behind him and is just like holding him up like oh cinder regrets and boom thrown off I will say Spike spends a second too long looking at Dawn regretfully the it, at the very least, Spike, you could have tried to take this dude with you. Yeah, be like if I'm falling, you're coming with me. But I mean, it's like maybe rather than like looking at Dawn and like seeing your own mournful failure here, uh-huh. elbow this little man in the face. Seriously, he doesn't look that strong. Uh, I mean, like I don't know, I, I would have, I don't know, would have gotten out of that moment a little differently, and I would have, had, I would have punched up like Doc's. I don't know what it would be like his line. Like, I feel like, like we just need a little more of him before. Yeah, this. Like, he just like, kind of shows up. Like, we didn't even know he was working with Glory. Yeah, I mean, it just kind of seems convenient because you have Joel Gray. Um, like, so, I mean, like, get him in a couple episodes earlier in the season, two or something. I mean, wouldn't it make more sense? Not that I necessarily like that character, but, like, uh, what's his name? Willie? 
Wouldn't that make more sense? Yeah. Well, he's in Forever, and then he's in The Way of the World, and then this, I think, are the three. That oh, he's is he in Forever, too? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Doc throws Spike the long way down. Uh, we see him crashing like a pile of bricks. Buffy's beating the crap out of Glory, just like smashing her head on the ground until she finally morphs back into Ben. Hitting her in the face. Yeah, and he's all bloodied, too, and he's like, oh, I'm sorry, and Buffy says, tell her it's over. She missed her shot. She goes. She ever comes near me and mine again. He's like, oh, we won't. I swear. Sure. Oh, um, uh, like like some a lot of that damage apparently carried over to Ben. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Buffy takes off to go rescue her sister, and then Giles walks over, and he's just like, oh, can you move? <laughs> uh, this whole thing where she's like, oh, yeah, if she's a hero. You know, we're not. Yeah. Choke. I mean, smother. Tell you sorry, but I'm horny for meta. He puts his glasses on before he does it, which is a nice touch. Yeah, um, I love the one bit though. Uh, um, he's just like, she could have killed me, and he's like, no, she couldn't, never. And sooner or later, Glory will reemerge and make Buffy pay for that mercy. Yeah, and then back up at the top of the tower, shallow cuts, shallow cuts. He's cutting Dawn's abdomen, like the left and right side of her abdomen here. Like um, hip, just, just, of, yeah. yeah, shallow cuts. We see the blood flowing down over her feet and toes, and then dripping down. And he's let the blood flow free. I mean, I guess the motivation for Doc here is that he he wants chaos to reign. Because like Lori's dead now. <laughs> I yeah, I, he does. I mean, I'm not sure he knows that, but like, I feel like you could have had this character. I don't, I don't remember him in Forever at all, but like. I feel like you could have had this character and like had him espouse a philosophy at some point that later on you realize the twist is like, Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. I mean the same way, like the twist of like death is your gift or whatever, like blah, blah, blah. Um, Yeah. So this, this moment, which is comical when Buffy arrives at the top of the tower, which makes Spike's failure look that much more. Makes it look like a chump, doesn't it? Ding, ding, ding. We've hit chump meter. (laughs) Yeah, but now I want to know who's the bigger chump of Giles or Spike. Buffy comes up and Doc's like, "This should be interesting," and she just like walks right past him and pushes him off. <laughs> He's like, "Wee!" Yeah. <laughs> uh, Buffy's like, "Oh, come on, we're gonna be okay." And then as they're running away and Don's clutching her side, and this big glowing happens behind. Because yeah, that portal is open; it's already started. Yeah, and this is where you see all the the crazy like aliens. You know the xenomorph and the dragons and all that shit. Like it looks like like city hall like gets turned into a weird. Or I don't like know what burnout hive. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The ground starts like splitting around the construction site. Like Ani pushes Xander out of the way for like a bunch of bricks and shit come crashing down on her. It, where she which, was supposed to maybe die. Yeah, I mean her death in Chosen is even more hardcore though. I mean it's that one leaves nothing to the imagination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So up on the on the tower, Don wants to jump into the portal and like stop the ritual. And Buffy's like, "Nah, girl, nah." Um, and Don's just like, "You have to let me go. Look what's happening." And then like, "This the is the right move. Dragon. This is the right move, Don. You know what you have yeah. to do." Um, but you know, Don Don of course reminds us the blood started it until the blood stops flowing. The portal keeps going, and then like Don keeps talking about blood. And Buffy has a flashback. Spike saying it's always got to be blood. Buffy telling Don that she has Summer's blood. Buffy's saying that Don was made out of her. The the guide is the first saying death is your gift. And Buffy's like, the doy, I just got it. Well, she looks back at the, the end of the plank there and sees the sun rising. It's Don. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, I would have actually, my instinct would have played this as 
this was Buffy's plan as soon as she got up here. Like if she couldn't stop it, like it's she- probably yeah. I mean, I guess it would have been better. It, it's I, it's usually better when Buffy has the secret plan. Yeah, that yeah. she she just hasn't revealed. Like she knew she was going to do this rather than like aha! I suddenly I realized blood. Yeah, like you could have used all these same little flashbacks for the audience just for having Buffy be like, like Dawn. This was always the way it was going to go because that would yeah. even like make it much more clear. Like seven three zero and Little Miss Muffet was was something. Uh-huh. Yeah, for her just be like, I, I have to do this, Dawn, and I always knew I had to do this. Um, so this is when you know she's realized now what she's going to do, and Dawn's like, no. And Buffy's like, there's not a lot of time, so listen to me. So we pull back as Buffy whispers, you know, something into Scarlett Johansson's ear at the end of Lost in Translation here. Well, I mean, we're gonna hear it like 30 seconds yeah. later. <laughs> yeah, tell Giles um, I figured it out. Yeah, she kisses Dawn on the cheek, and then we watch as like Buffy just runs at that thing and dives off it into the portal. Um, and then in, in suspended upside down, extended, looking like she's having an agony gasm. And eventually kind of stopping and closing her eyes, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we we see the, the sunrise that is done. They're all walking over Tara or Willow hu- hugging Tara, Xander holding Anya, Giles, Spike, who's kind of you know in pain when he sees the, the sight of Buffy here just lying on you know seemingly fell all the way down and then it's just like lying there dead yeah and they're all devastated as are we i mean willow in particular uh Mm -hmm. the 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 ugly crying she's doing is rough oh yeah like i said if you if you didn't feel something there what's it like being dead Uh spike Um, is so the spike is beside himself Dawn has just come down to the bottom. She's crying. And then we yeah. kind of hear, you know, what she said. Tell Giles I figured it out. You know, the hardest thing in this world is to live in it. Be brave for me. And then we kind of fade to a grave. And, uh, not a graveyard, really, right? I mean, it looks like just kind of a grassy I, field. Yeah, you can't really tell. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of wanted Dawn to be like, hey, guys, this is rough, but I'm also bleeding quite a bit yeah. here. And I was a long walk down this tower. Hey, guys, at least I made it, right? Yeah, I'm no. going to pass out now. Yeah. Buffy Ann Summers, 1981, 2001. Beloved sister, devoted friend. She saved the world a lot. Death was her gift, yo. And that could have been the end of the show. And I think would have been a satisfying end. Yeah. Uh, but Chosen's a pretty good ending, too. But this is the, the end of the show on WB, who apparently advertised it as a season or a series finale. Even yeah. though the show is still moving to UPN. Yeah. All right. Well, complaints. Knights of Byzantium. Ben. Some of the storylines just around that and, and, and just you feel the clumsy strings trying to tie all those knots together. Yeah, let's see. What do I have for my complaints? Um, Spike's arc still seems muddled to me. As we are mm. talking about earlier, just, it kind of seems like two different things that they're doing yeah. at once. And like the season six spike arc doesn't totally match what we got in season five. Mm-hmm. Um, Buffy gets pretty stern in the last half of the season there. She's just not a whole lot of fun to be around. It makes sense, I guess, but I feel like this is the start of Buffy speechifying a whole lot and just like kind of yelling at everyone to get in line basically. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Xander continues to be a tool at the time, which accurate, I guess. I don't know. It just, it, I feel like he's one of the characters who suffers from the writers, like not being too interested in him at this point. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of that energy has been transferred to spike. And now he's, it's like occasionally they remember that they've like done some character development on him. And then half the time it's like, let's just have him say something kind of dumb and like broish, just yeah. because we need that line there from somebody. Yeah. Stupid big brother. Yeah. Uh, Doc could have used more setup, I think. Like, it should have felt like, oh, no, like, twist, where, I don't know, it just kind of came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the rules and reasons for the key and how to defeat Glory seem very hand-wavy. Mm. Which, what do you do? arbitrary. Yeah. Uh, make one change? Well, hold on, I, I, I was just thinking, like, in my mind, like, the spike at at the end of Once More a Feeling even feels different than, like, Bad Boyfriend Season 6 Spike. Like, yeah. Short while later. Um, the Doc thing really bothers me as far as complaints. Um, I, I feel like Ben could have been an interesting serialized character, roughly. I mean, like to me, the, the thing I uh, narratively, creatively am interested about Ben is that he makes the choice to work with Glory at the very end there. Like, yeah, he, you know, he he takes the Daenerys Targaryen like <laughs> that. That choice has always been there, and he's chosen the other way. Um, yeah, having having this be Buffy's more premeditated choice to jump going in, like she just didn't share that with the gang. I really wanted that. Um, so I, I read somewhere. I have no idea whether or not this is true, but supposedly a plan for the season was to have Xander be the one sharing a body with Glory. Yeah, Which, I read that. Yeah, and then that um what was the other oh Willow was going to go evil in this season, like mm-hmm. dark magic willow, and she would have been the one to like blood let Dawn. I don't know. Seems like a there lot. There was a, a couple things and wherever I also read that where it was like stuff that just like they got peppered out into like the next two seasons. Yeah, yeah. Um but I could see if this was really their final season, that might have been stuff they wanted to get to. Yeah. I mean I just I feel like I feel like all the heavy lifting they did have character moments and, and progress arcs further in this season. Like, it seems like it only really works in Joss Whedon's episodes. Um, I don't know. I just, I, cause I, I really feel like he, the way he juggles all these characters, like the first two acts of the gift work better than like the last five episodes of the season prior. Um, well, yeah, just, I, I wonder what, what is glory doing for her 12 episodes at least out of this season we're, i was talking in last week's episode about how buffy versus dracula felt like it was his idea that then he like pawned off to somebody else to write who wasn't totally like on the same page this whole season kind of feels that way yeah where like maybe he like threw up a bunch of ideas on the blackboard and is like all right guys you take it from here i'm gonna go work on firefly or something and like when he comes back into the writer's room in his episodes, it feels like very tight. And then in other episodes, it's like, they're just writing to plot points. Yeah. That like, they're, I don't know. It's like, they weren't not total buy-in from the writer staff or they weren't sure quite where they were going with it. Yeah. Whereas I think in the first few seasons of the show, you could still tell, like it clicked a lot better when it was a Joss Whedon episode, but the episodes in between his were still good. They were still sharp. I think part of that is it was more monster of the week. It was less serialized. Like, yes, there was, kind of like a season arc, but a lot of the episodes, it would just be like, this is a fun Halloween episode. Mm. Like this is, you know, somebody's going to turn into a fish or something like it, you know, the bad eggs or stuff like that. Like it wasn't, 
like this episode is, or the season feels so much more serialized or they're, they're, you know, these big ideas are throwing at you right from the beginning of Dawn and being the key and glory and all that stuff where like, you just didn't have that as much in the earlier seasons. Like they were free to just do like a something blue episode or it's just like, Oh, this episode's just about Willow being depressed and that's yeah. it. And we don't need to like advance the plot line really otherwise. Yeah. I think too, you definitely feel that he's not there to punch up the scripts. Cause I mean, like apparently like in the first few seasons, obviously like he was around. So it's like, he didn't need to take credit every time yeah. he like took over. Well, that's you know, what most act. showrunners do is they yeah, will, yeah. they'll always like do kind of final pass on everything. Yeah. Yeah. That's why the Zeppo not written by him has a great moment where, where Giles says, I'm the one who usually says, let's get a jelly in the mix, <laughs> which I, I would, I, I'm almost willing to, bet money that that's like a like a Joss Whedon edition. I don't know. I could see it. I mean, maybe, maybe not. But I, I think he, when you have somebody going over everything and putting their own little final touch on it here and there, just to mm-hmm. make it, it keeps it consistent in a way. Whereas mm-hmm. this season felt less consistent because he probably was not spending as much time on stuff uh, to, to make sure it all gelled together. And like, I think the pendulum can swing too far into that because do you remember like the eventual complaint for the West Wing was that the writing Matthew staff Weiner was, like, was taking too much credit or something like that? Well, for the West Wing. Oh, the West. Um, oh, right, right. Okay, yeah. Was that like the the writing staff was like at this point he's just utilizing us as research assistants? Uh-huh, yeah. Whereas, and I think from what I understand from reading about it now is like Aaron Sorkin, like he thought he was like calling NBC's bluff at contract renewal point because you know he really hated that they wanted a new script every eight days. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, you're not letting your writers write to take some of this pressure off of yourself. Yeah. yeah. Um, and not, to say nothing bad about the writers are on Buffy who are all fantastic, except for David yeah. Fury. I mean, he's fine, but I don't know. He just seems like an <laughs> asshole. Is he a chump? Yeah. He's a little bit of a chump. Yeah. I mean, this is a great, like, this is like a legendary writer's room staff, but I think yeah, you can sense the lack of leadership in this season more than other seasons for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think off air, you and I have been talking about the Nevers, and it's like, I don't know what HBO's plan for the show is, but like, there's some great Buffy, like veterans on that writing staff that I really want to have like a successful hit. Like, I want Jane Espenson to be winning, winning, winning. I just want the show, I want to be able to watch that show if it ever comes out and be like, oh, hey, Joss is, he's developed as a writer and maybe as a person. You know, that like yeah. we're not just doing like our like Encino man level, like 90s bro dialogue for everyone. Like we, we've we kind of moved beyond that. Like you can tell a story without relying on all your old crutches and rhythms, you know. It really should have ended the moment Captain America says, hey, I got that reference. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. Season. Oh, wait, we got to do our, uh, our power rankings. Then we can get to season six. Uh, I've got 15. I have 16, All and right. my number 16 is Ben. Okay, well, he's my number 15. Cool. Yeah, Ben, ben just it didn't work. We, we we felt no betrayal when he eventually turned evil because it was just like, whatever. Of course you are. I mean, it, it could have been a lot more interesting. We didn't care about his plight at all. We weren't like, yeah. oh, man, that sucks that you can't live a normal life. I mean, yeah, it, it, it's three episodes before the end when he finally unleashes his plight, his white man's burden. Well, he was too, I don't know, not angsty enough. Like he was just too like floppy haired, handsome doctor guy the whole time. 
Like yeah. there's never an attempt made for us to really like care about this character or like yeah. empathize with him and kind of what he's living through. Yeah. Well, that guy who 14 episodes earlier says not to get all sexist in the workplace, but yeah, whatever. Uh, my number 15 is the Knights of Byzantium, <sighs> all of their suckiness. I did not rank them, uh, but they did indeed suck. Uh, my number 14 is just Dawn's teacher from the body. I thought she did pretty good oh. in just like a limited little moments there. Nice. Uh, my number 14 is most of Glory's minions. Okay. Uh, I've got the the general. Is it Gregor? The knight yeah. general. He just got he sucked. I wanted to highlight him specifically as sucking incredibly hard. Uh, my number 13 is, I believe her name is ooh, Gronks. It's that, <laughs> the, that the one female minion, minion that I liked. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I've got uh, Doc at number 12. I just oh. feel like for so pivotal of a character, ultimately, they just didn't do enough with him. Mm. My number 12 is Joyce. Because, um, I mean, every time you see Christine Sutherland in the body, it is haunting. And yet but she's on only 12. It, would you say that was like a chump move for Joyce to die? No, I would not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I feel like the loss of her does haunt the rest of the season. Yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely... I mean, I mean if Joyce she, is still alive. I think Buffy's going into the finale a little stronger. Buffy has a conversation with Giles. I believe it's in the finale where she ultimately admits, like, I miss my mom. You know, I miss my yeah. mom. I wish my mom was here. Well, and I, I think... I mean, I think like, okay, if your entire family died right now, mm-hmm. that's almost, as you worded it before, it's almost too big of a loss for yeah. you to really comprehend. But like, if your mom died today, and then like three weeks from today, your dad died, and then like two weeks later, like one of your sisters died, you know, yeah. what I mean? like, like you're just worn down uh-huh. until you're nothing. Um, yeah. So that was your 12? My 12 is Joyce. All right. My number 11 was just all the minions. Oh. I I mean, I don't know. I guess they're better than some of the the henchmen of Adam, like Forrest. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. At least the writers like seemed like they enjoyed writing the minions. Yeah. Like like they're having fun with the dialogue, whereas like evil Forrest was such a drag. Yeah. They're definitely funnier. Uh my number eleven is 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 the coroner. Oh, I don't have I have the coroner on here. Yeah. He's you know, I just have to lie to make you feel better. Uh-huh. Uh, I've got number ten, Don, Don mm. Summers. Never totally connected with her. Sorry, <laughs> I would have let her die. Do you think it's kind of a chump move for her to stay alive? Yes. <laughs> you know, like uh, she dies, the implanted memories fade. You wouldn't even remember feeling bad about it. That would be interesting i think the flaw with that would be going into season six and just being like huh why did we do anything we did last season it was like, almost like they kinda... had to keep don around yeah well it's like huh so you're essentially saying that there was no point to last yeah. season whatsoever <laughs> um what are we at 10 yeah. 10 is doc okay i mean he creeps you out like he's memorable He's got a creepy look. He could have had a little more for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've got Joyce at number nine. Okay. You got Joyce. Nice. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, number nine, I have Xander. Yeah, I've got Xander at eight. I don't know why I have Xander. I wonder but how much ours is going to line up from here on out. Well, my eight's already been mentioned by you. Oh, who's that? My eight is Dawn. Okay. That makes um, sense. I, I like Dawn in the body. Fair. And I, 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 I think it's, I mean, in that kind of like, I don't know, nerdy X-Men-esque ways the storytelling Buffy sometimes aligns and appeals to me. Like just her, where she ends up, her end game, the she, whole idea of bleeding her into the the thing, like that's a strong visual. I, I get that. So you like your characters when they're in pain? Is what you're saying? Well, I mean, just the idea of of like there's a tower and she's at the top, and it's like clearly like the heroes need to get to the tower to save her, and then one does, and they fail, and they fall along. It's like, I don't know it. Mm-hmm. No, I I don't like <laughs> seeing a, a a young teenage girl bled in a dress um i mean i don't judge thank you mm-hmm. where are we at seven too, yeah too kind yeah i've got tara okay uh, I, I, they're they're starting to give tara actual material now like she she had jokes and whatnot yeah i mean tara's uh tara's my seven as well um i i like her in the body quite a bit um and you know what else <laughs> Bitch. Uh, <laughs> number six, I've got Glory, which I'm sure is yep. lower than you have her. Uh, no, I have Glory at six. Oh wow, okay. I I I love her. I I kind of actually. Mm, mm, I almost mm. want to kind of switch her out with someone. Mm. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna fuck it. I'm gonna do it. Six is my Willow. Six is Willow. I've been wow. Wow. Yeah, okay. Sorry. Uh-huh. I, I, you know, in, my, in 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 all fairness, I didn't watch some of the ones you watched. So okay, well, at number five, I have Anya, Anyanka. <laughs> at five, I now have Glory. Okay, yeah, um, I think she's great. I, I, it's weird to be complaining about having Glory do nothing because it's like I like this character. She's fun. She doesn't have to make. Um, she never really makes like overt sexual innuendo in her villainy, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I feel like if they had established some of the limitations of her early on, mm-hmm. it would have worked a lot better. Like if we know that she can only inhabit Ben's body for like X amount of time, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it, it would have been like okay. So we we know that like they're totally screwed if Glory shows up, but they can just like fight her off for long enough. And they'll be okay or something like that. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean it when I say, like, I would absolutely watch a dramatic reading of Claire Kramer reading the phone book. Um, it's just, <laughs> you just know on some cosmic level, like, what is the point to this character? You're you're letting her vamp, but, like, to what end? Uh-huh. The, the finale's in May. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're at, I've got Spike at number four. William the Bloody. Uh, so four is where I would now move on. Or, yeah, Anya. Okay. I love Anya. I mean, it's just it's just fascinating. It's just like, hey, let's just give Anya a huge monologue right here. But I mean, the and I, I feel like they they managed to keep Anya interesting and different. She, you know, like she's she's always has her own kind of perspective and kind of uh, you know fish out of water take on a lot of things. Well, and you know, had they not done the spinoff, this wouldn't be Cordelia. Yeah. You know, like, she's definitely her own character. 
Um, and having her her outsider perspective, excuse me, I think absolutely leads to um, let's ha- let's get some ideas going. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, we're at number three. Yep. As always, Giles, he's just always yeah. number three for me. Now I'm really curious about what your number two is. Yeah, uh-huh. Giles is my three as well because it's it's Anthony Stewart Head, man. Uh-huh. Um, even though somebody has called him a chump in recent memory, I don't remember who. Um, I did almost demote him for being such a chump. I almost moved him to four. Um, but he kills Ben, and he's like yeah. kind of cold and Totally you know non-chump what? move, murdering Ben like that. High five, Giles or Giles. Honestly, I, what did I, what did I read something recently where it was like Marty Knoxon and Joss Sweden like they despise whenever they would run into fans, and fans would be like, "I'm a huge Giles fan." And well, they, like, they have the Buffy bots call him Giles. That's right. Well, but I, Giles that's is a like reference so to insulted. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're just like, you're not a real fan if you call him Giles. Yeah. Um, I hope they said that to those fans' faces. <laughs> Marty and Joss are just like, look at this fucking fake fan, Marty. Is Guile the name of the character from Street Fighter? Guile. Yeah. G U. Uh, you know, like, like Guile. Yeah. I just remember that when you, when he, when he beats somebody in the, one of those console uh-huh. versions, he says, go home and be a family man. Yeah. Um, hey, Joss, check out this fucking fake fan. They just said Giles. Should, should we sign their, their notebook? I don't think so. Yeah, we'll take the picture of you, but it now costs you double. <laughs> hey, Marty, double. why don't you go walk around and crouch behind them and I'll push them over you. <laughs> and then we'll take turns literally shitting on them because this is a Chappelle show skit now. Um, <laughs> but... It's like uh, I don't know if I if I win this this scenario I don't know if I could kill Dawn, but I could kill a Ben and I actually yeah. get why. Sure. Uh, oh, two. What's your two? Two. Three? It's Willow. Come on. Oh right. Yeah. Okay. Big gun. She has the big gun. Well, I hope I've reaffirmed my spuffiness because my uh-huh. two spike. Of course. Yeah. I think that's just the difference between us as people. Well, uh, you know, the, the dog person versus the, the cat, uh, person. cat person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. The cat's almost knocked over the microphone. Napping said that a moment ago. And, and licking myself. And, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> now that I've opened up that door, what are we dog people? How are we pleasing ourselves if we're not enjoying a good? <laughs> you know, do you sometimes wish that you had bought stock in a big time sad and horny before everyone else bought in and the price went up? <laughs> What's big time sad and horny? Well, I don't know. Whatever okay. we're all feeling. Um, yeah, Spike is my number two. Just I don't know. The 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 good moments hit me back then and now. Um, I somehow manage, you know, to walk away from the creepier moments like a, an explosion I wasn't looking back at. Mm-hmm. And number one is Buffy. Mm-hmm. Even though Buffy started to get pretty hard and mean towards the end, uh, ultimately nobody can get the waterworks of flowing like Sarah Michelle Geller. And I, I really think she helps out Michelle Trachtenberg a lot in, in their scenes together to like, I, I feel like Michelle Trachtenberg is not always getting there. And, mm. and Sarah Michelle Geller is like kind of carrying her over the finish line. I mean, even uh, I think it's the one we did last week where like, she just like, I don't know, like Dawn's like being like Dawn and like, like Sarah Michelle Gellar's so good about just like taking it and like amplifying mm-hmm. it. And, like, oh, you always do this. And yeah. All right. Well, that was season five. Um, 
next week on the pod. Obviously, Once More with Feeling is one of the episodes we're doing. I don't know. Or actually, not next week, but two weeks. But um, I'm almost... Should we do just one just on the musical, or, or should we weave that into some other ones, too? I could see doing just one on the musical. I mean, the um, other the other 6A episodes I feel like we'd do is obviously to be the Rasa and maybe either smashed or wrecked, like one of those two. Oh, it's uh, it's going to be smashed. Smashed, okay. I mean, I, whatever. We can do Tabula. Once more feeling Tabula Rasa and smashed. Smash. I mean... That's 7, 8, 9. That's a good run, yeah. I don't know if I remember. I don't remember Flooded. Life Serial, I remember being... We don't need to do any of those. No, no, no. I remember that being an interesting idea. I don't remember all the way. That's a Dawn one where like... Oh, with the guy at the Letterman jacket? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I kept thinking that was season seven. Okay. In the second half of the season, I feel like older and far away, normal again, and seeing red. Not as you were. No, for sure not. I, I really don't need to go all the way to the end of the season for season six. I'd be fine if we didn't do like Grave or any of that. Uh, I definitely want to rewatch them, even if we don't talk about them. I'll probably rewatch them, but like I, to me, I'd, I'm more interested in revisiting uh, Normal again, especially. Um, and I, I believe Older and Far Away is like an interesting episode too. Yeah, Older and Far Away is the one where they're trapped in the house. I think so. It's like Don um, Don makes like a wish or something. That's the one where uh, uh, Spike is trying to initiate some dirty business, like just down the hallway from everyone else. And like Tara walks in and she's just like, what's the matter? You got a cramp in your crotch or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely we'll do these first three and mm-hmm. take it from there. So season six, episode seven, eight and nine. Also, I was thinking in lieu of our usual power rankings, why don't we just rank? all the songs for once more feeling in lieu of all the power rankings or sure in addition to i mean i don't know we can just do in lieu of okay unless you really want to rank all the characters well i mean we're doing three episodes i mean yeah we can do both i mean i was i was planning on like initiating conversation of like what are your songs who are your guys who are your guys from this album and i guess we would do it by the soundtrack right so Think of, the, um, think of well, the tracks on the soundtrack because I, I like I don't feel like we need to differentiate between like I've got a theory and like the bunnies song. I don't know. I, I like the way the soundtrack just puts them together. Yeah, I, I can see that. I mean, I I like. Um, oh, I mean, I want to talk about like how they're utilized in the episode too, and what have you. Well, no, I'm just saying like the, we use the way they're put on the soundtrack to rank them. So, like, we wouldn't rank the Bunnies song separate from I've Got a Theory. Mm. It would be mm. I've Got a Theory, Bunnies, and, you know, What Can't We Face, or whatever the, that last song is. Like, that's all one song to rank. Oh, shit. Am I, I was making just gonna sense say, there? No, you are. You are. I was just going to say, like, oh, I don't totally remember, like, how some of them are arranged on the soundtrack. Obviously, I'll, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll acquaint myself. Because um, I, I, the last times that i've interacted with this this music is like youtube clips or whatever as i was about to say that a moment ago i looked over and i realized i have this album on vinyl sitting on my shelf wow fancy yeah yeah well rich boy over here huh i mean yes i guess we can do power rankings for both but we'll just do our power rankings for once more feeling after 
once more with feeling. Um, also, I will not be singing. I don't know. Some podcasts will like sing their podcast for <laughs> once more with feeling. I don't think we're going to be doing that. Uh, the only thing I plan to do is about smashed. So okay. sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he's inside of her. Yeah. So next or two weeks from now, let's say maybe if not the best episode of Buffy, the top three, at least. I mean, this is quite the episode. Uh, this is the, the pinnacle. I don't think it gets better from here. Let's put it that way. Certainly the most pleasurable to watch. Mm-hmm. And really puts all other TV musicals to shame. Like it kind of ruined TV musicals for all other shows. I mean, what are you what are you drawing? I'm just kind of curious. What are your references for TV musicals? I, I tried watching the Flash one. It was awful. <laughs> what, uh, just, uh, what public domain songs can we sing? <laughs> um, the Riverdale ones I've just not been impressed with at all. <sighs> yeah. And, and like just the way they're mixed. They sound like way too like auto tune and like studio magic. Like it doesn't sound like the characters are even they're not even trying to pretend that the characters are actually singing like mm-hmm. in the moment. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Well, we'll be back. Until then, have a good one. Bye-bye.